uh, um, I'm drinking out of a. I'm drinking oh. out of a fancy glass tonight. Is that one <laughs> in honor of um, Bubba Beauregard in private school? <laughs> yes, everything's in honor of Bubba from private school, dude. <laughs> fucking uh, the I cannot keep the name of that movie in my head. And in fact, I realized when I sent you the, the email link for this, I put jaws three in there as the, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I kept, I kept thinking it was summer rental, summer school, private. Oh my God. Yeah. I, there, there was a yeah. last, last resort and, um, yeah. <laughs> private resort. And then there's yeah. other school movies. And for some reason, the, the words private and school, I could just not keep, uh, <laughs> Yeah. In my head, I, I looked at two different movies that I thought this was and almost rented the the one with Johnny Depp from 1985. What's that called? Last Resort? That's the Resort private one, resort. yeah. So there's Private one Resort of and there's Last Resort. I looked at both of those um, first, and then I realized, okay, none of those came out in 1983. So then I had to go back <laughs> to the list of 93 movies, and I knew it was something private or school or yeah. uh, something resort, and it... I was completely fucked up. Yeah. And and even after watching this movie, I'm still doing dumb shit, like uh, trying to pull up the Wikipedia of uh, some other thing and sending you emails about Jaws. Like the, the title of that movie just leaves my brain. I don't know I why. Know. Or, I know. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't private, know what, what, uh... what your thoughts are on the movie and don't spoil it, but uh, you know, perhaps the, the movie will easily have left our <laughs> right. brains or or maybe not maybe this will be one of the more memorable of the the porkies style exactly we had to endure so i don't know what was the video and... game one we did joysticks that's another one. Oh, joysticks yeah 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 that's right and the dude who plays bubba in this movie i could swear i've seen him in some shit before but i i looked up his thing and i've, I've never seen any of those movies or tv shows he's been in and yep. i think there was just a influx of the the like the overweight, uh, dorky, sex obsessed guy in these movies to to the point where I would have I would have bet you uh, I would have bet you three hundred dollars that this guy was in some other movie we just watched yeah. and I can't I can't seem to find it even <laughs> even when I saw his real life name what is it like something Z- Z- Zuckich or or yeah something real yeah. Something uh, unmemorable like that. Um, Zork. Zorik Zork. Zork. I, I, I could yeah. swear to God I remember looking up that you know, who who plays the like I said, the chubby yeah. uh dickhead or whatever in, in XYZ uh-huh. movie, and then I could swear it said Michael Zork. So when I looked him up for this movie, I was like, Oh yeah, sure, Michael Zork from probably uh you know, whatever, Porkies or or joysticks and yeah. and nope, he's not not in any of those movies. Just yeah. So weird, weird the 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 yeah. fucking <laughs> The the weird memory hole 1983 keeps uh, throwing us into. <laughs> right. But, uh, anyway, uh, should, um, we, should we start with that? Might as well. Yeah. Oh, you want to start with a little little private school action? Sure. I mean, we it's can, up to you. I don't. No, no, we can fucking you, do that. I don't care. All right. I, yeah, that's fine. I mean, you know, one's one's as good as the other. I don't know. We we might fight tonight. I we I, I don't know, but this this might be the. The one where, just based on what I know about our past history of, of movies we reviewed like this, and then uh, things that you've told me in the past, I, I don't know if we'll land on the same page. Right. But then again, I feel like there's also this constantly shifting tide where we sit down and watch these, and then 
we we changed our minds completely. When you watch it with a di- yeah, when you're watching it for the podcast, it, it it's it's weird. It it does it does something different for me for sure. And how I'm watching movies. Yeah, or if you're just watching it for the first time in you know 30 years, the movie that you're yep. like, I love that. Maybe you're like, oh, mm-hmm. maybe not. Or or I hated that movie. Or or I always thought it was stupid. And then you're like, oh, you know what? Maybe this this has something going for it. So. So we'll yeah. see. I mean, don't don't hold back. Don't don't sugarcoat things on my account. I will so. not. Oh hey, we're drinking the same beer. Mine's just in a glass. Those beers nice. are amazing, right? <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Yep. I love it. I went Next to Quick Trip Ranger while the list, yeah. 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 Did they have, did they have a poster the... for it where you tried to give the guy your phone number? No, but I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I hate bringing beer into the beer cooler because I feel like I'm just, I know I'm being watched on camera. Oh, so yeah. like you walk into those beer coolers and you know, you're just being watched the whole time. So you're, I'm just trying to act as nonchalant as possible. And I'm probably being more awkward than ever. Yeah. I hate when you're, you you know, you're being watched. You're not even doing anything wrong, but then that makes you look suspicious or you, yeah. you assume you look suspicious. Right. Yeah. Right. That's, right. That's <laughs> yeah. That's how they get you. All right. <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, okay, this is a podcast called The Big Four O with Ron and Peter. I am Ron. And I am Peter. <laughs> Every week we take a look at a movie that came out this week 40 years ago. Uh, this week, it, what did we say it is? It's July 29th? July 29th, yep. 1983. The big movie's opening. Well, I don't know if they're big movies. Well, National Lampoon's Vacation, that's a big movie. Um, but the only other option with National Lampoon's Vacation is the comedy Private School, which I feel like is probably its big claim to fame is this is B.B. Cates' first movie after uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High and her, uh, you know, iconic, and, and that word gets thrown around, but I don't think uh, it's thrown it around to call her, her pool scene iconic, and, um, and yeah, that, that film, I, would agree I that guess, it is. is generally probably considered fairly iconic for various characters and lines and, and whatever else. Definitely. Uh, the irony in this one is this is a movie that is very much a teen sex comedy, kind of in the Porky's vein, uh, but it's also a little bit of a John Hughes-esque comedy, so it has a little more, um, I don't know if the word is heart, but it, it, it has a little more of the uh, high school uh the, how how high school kids relate there's the high school dances it's got a lot of that you know the parents and the teachers are quirky and wacky so it has a, a little bit more of a refined quality to it than the than the porkies movies but when it gets down to the the sex shenanigans it's it's kind of low brow raunchy in the same way that you know, like Revenge of the Nerds and some of that stuff is. Mm. But where I was going with this is the irony is that Phoebe Cates does not get naked in this movie, even though there's a ton of nudity and everybody around her is. And she she's <laughs> yeah. famous for the, that pool scene. And she's following up that movie with with this one. And um, I no big deal. In fact, good for her. I thought it was a little uh, I don't know if the word's ironic. Surprising. But yeah, yeah. Interesting that I, I assume yeah. she signed on to this because her her agent or or the powers that be in Holly were just like listen you had this this awesome scene that everybody talks about in uh, Fast Times and now we just got to do more and more and more of that to you know, keep you keep you in the in the limelight or, or give people what they want or your star on the rise or whatever and uh, here she is in a movie that is way more of a sex comedy than 
uh, fast times, but she managed fast time for sure. Be the sort of the virginal one or, or whatever. So, um, yeah, I found that that all very interesting. So we, so this one, okay. So vacation was written by John Hughes. Mm-hmm. This one has John Hughes qualities. Yeah, this one has. Martin Mull in a cameo. Last week we had Mr. Mom with, or yeah, with last week we had Mr. Mom with Martin Mull and also written by John Hughes. So, yeah. And here we are. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I I don't know. Had, had you seen this one before? I, I feel like I have. A lot of stuff was ringing some bells, but at the same time, I don't know if I'm just confusing it with five other movies that I've seen with this same type of stuff in it yeah there was i had never seen it but there was two people when they asked me what movies i was doing this week i told them private school and they were able to identify either scenes or characters from the movie and i'm like i how how is this movie so (laughs) that well known well even if i had seen it before and i'm wrong about having seen it i I don't know that I would, if somebody was like, Hey, I'm watching private school. I might say, Oh yeah, I think I've seen that. What, like, which one is, it? you know, you'd have to tell me Phoebe Cates was in it or, or, right. Uh, um, but so you've never seen it. What we're, nope. Never saw it. As far it. as you know. Um, okay. As far yeah, I it? definitely, yeah, def- I don't, I don't know if I've even heard of it. I, when we were looking at it, I, I certainly don't remember ever, when I saw the poster today and I saw it was that, you know, that animated style yeah. with the, uh, it's Phoebe Cates kind of standing over Modine. Right. Uh, that looked a little familiar, but yeah, definitely never saw this movie or, yeah. or heard much of it. Yeah. I really can't say for sure. I, like I said, I, there, there were parts that I was looking at going, oh, I, yeah, I think I've seen this. And, and then a scene would kind of end or, or whatever it was, and and I would go, okay, that that seems familiar, but I, I never knew it was going to happen next. I, I didn't have any idea what you know how the character arcs played out, other than just some of it being predictable nonsense of these type of movies. But um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It, it was weird. It was like falling down a down a memory hole, which which makes sense for this movie because again, even everything right down to the name is is a fucking <laughs> yeah, memory it's hole just generic. It cut and paste yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) that all said peter um i my initial i I don't know how i want to word this because it it changes as it goes on but my initial reaction to this movie was like this is this is not good but this is a good version of what this kind of thing should be or or it's it's doing it right yeah yes that's that's my that's absolutely my reaction like if i'm Comparing it to some of the other ones we've watched for this podcast, uh, especially the Porkies, because Porkies for some reason is held in high regard. And yeah. while this isn't, this is not a good movie by any stretch. It's still done better than either of those movies or some of the other ones we've watched that are brainless in that sense. But this movie has a little more heart to it. It, uh, and and we'll get to that, but um, yeah, like I said, it is uh, I do not want it to be mistaken for me thinking this was a good movie either. There was no, but it's a it's a so, good relic of of eighties teen sex 
movie tropes, you know? And like I said, it's not quite John Hughes, but it's not quite as uh, shitty as Porky's. Um, Initially, I was like, I I wrote down the note similar to that. It's kind of John Hughes, but, but it's a little more, more vulgar, but not so much as, as Porky's, but then there, there are things that happen as the movie goes on that you do kind of smack your head yeah. at. And, and it's not even necessarily about specific lines or, or whatever. It's just, there's an overall attitude of, I guess we'll kind of get into it, but the girls are always sort of apologizing. The guys are always uh, doing things that they, they just don't, don't seem to care about their, the, the girl's feelings and and it's yeah. it's just a very i don't i don't want to start beating the misogynistic drum and and all that stuff about a shitty sex comedy from the 80s but it's just <laughs> it, it it does start to leave a bad taste after a while how even though if you're not offended by the nudity you're not offended by uh bad language and and you're not offended by the fact that it's it's a different time so you can get away with stuff like guys constantly smi- spying on girls and uh you yeah. know taking their pictures without them knowing and stuff like that there is just this weird sort of i don't know if i didn't notice it as a kid and i don't know if it's just growing up in the, the time we live in now or not growing up in it but being an adult in the time that we live in now but you do start to realize how how the girls are just fucking you know like footstools for these guys and the guys just yeah don't give a shit about them and <laughs> and a lot of that is just that's where a lot of the comedy in this you know quote-unquote comedy comes from and um after a while it does start to just leave kind of a bad taste not to mention just on a, a fucking fundamental level of logic you're just like what the fuck are these people doing allowing <laughs> some of this shit yes. to happen and, and yes, in like... real life none of it would and, and why do so many it's not just this movie like this is a thing in the 80s you know revenge of the nerds and there's a thousand examples like how how is it just played for laughs that some of this stuff just is accepted to happen and i mean i know i'm overthinking it but i'm just but saying no, it, it's absolutely true because it's it, a lot of it's like just eye-rollingly bad like just blatant sexual assault happening right in right. front of you like exactly yeah so and i don't think we're wrong for for nitpicking at something or not nitpicking but picking out something like that as being just just right really uncomfortably weird shit well i mean part of this podcast or the, or the point of it obviously is to like look back at these things and, and see how times have changed and everything but at the same time you can't go too far down that rabbit hole because you also have to just take these movies on their own terms and be like well it's yep. not <laughs> it's it's a movie from the 80s but some of them are, you know, a little more offensive than others. And I, I think back to some of the stuff I found funny in, say, Revenge of the Nerds, where they, you know, pipe cameras in and take pictures of these girls. And they're all, all these guys are just laying around all day watching them shower and stuff. And then they, you know, print off their picture and put it on like a pie plate and then sell all these pies. And everybody sees these girls naked. And, and then the one girl goes into the moon bounce and she thinks it's her boyfriend, but it's actually some other guy. And he essentially just fucking rapes her. I mean, like, or, or, or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. It, 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 it's under yeah. false pretenses, at least. And it's just we yeah. laughed our asses off at that shit. And uh-huh. now it's like. Do I say I don't like Revenge of the Nerds anymore? I don't find it find this movie I grew up on finding funny funny because it's problematic. I mean, no. Right. But here's an example of a movie I have not watched growing up, and and it does a lot of the same stuff. And now it's like, okay, um, I have a yeah. chance to be like, okay, I can't abide by this. But at the same time, I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, this is delivering, you know, the the goods for for the type of movie this is. And yeah. I'm I'm really torn between 
is this a movie people should watch if they like this type of movie or should just stay the fuck away because we don't need to encourage any more of this shit anymore yeah i like, agree you know one one of the things i wrote down uh for better or for worse this is one of the horniest of of oh, yeah. these kind of movies that i've ever seen oh, yeah. like this is this is in your face volume turned up to 11 like yeah. non-stop yeah except there are full except, fucking scenes we'll scenes that last the entire yeah. length of a song like they'll play a whole yes. song while girls a are just showering song. or doing aerobics uh-huh. or, or <laughs> uh-huh. three yes. and a half minutes of just yeah. fucking exploitive nonsense <laughs> And then yeah. it smash cuts to like some weepy ballad with a uh, like nature theme. Shot. I mean, we'll get into this, but this movie is fucking insane. <laughs> it is. But I mean, I don't, and, and I don't mean to be like, you know, Oh, it's, it's a horny movie guys. So like wink, wink, you know, don't, don't watch it. Cause it's bad now. But uh, by the way, if you just really want a lot, it's like, that's, that's how this entire review of this movie is going to come off. And, and I, I, I don't want it to be like that. But yeah, we, we got to review this movie on its own terms. And yes, if you want yeah. a raunchy teen sex comedy, this one, despite <laughs> the fact that a lot of that raunch is in stuff that is or based in stuff that we no longer accept or would never be made today. I mean, this movie could never be made today, but um, no. it, it's, it's, I guess, well done for what it is. I don't, I don't even know how to really approach this thing. I just, <laughs> I, mean, I know it's a, it's a strange one, especially because the tones change to, like you said, the, the, there's like actual, you know, there's a story with Modine and Kate's that Which is, is actually awful. handled. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, 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 it's dumb and it's, it's horribly played out, but it's, handled yeah. a lot different than anything else in the movie with the exception of of modine's own dumb hijinks <laughs> which land him land him in trouble but all right what what i was getting at or, or trying to say about the the phoebe case matthew modine thing is uh well not only do i think both of them are not very good in this movie and we'll we'll kind of get to that i mean they're fine uh, uh, phoebe case is fine matthew modine mm-hmm. is a I mean, I don't know why anybody would date this fucking douchebag, but we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> but I guess my bigger uh, qualm with with this whole thing with them is the fact that the movie is uh, so hell-bent on trying to make us believe that they're this star-crossed couple that you know want to lose their virginity and they're so in love, but... There, there's nothing in this movie to suggest that that they they have any sort of anything. Like Matthew Modine is spending all of his time with his buddies breaking into this sorority house where his his girlfriend lives, uh-huh. just uh-huh. to see some some other girls' tits or whatever. And he's he's essentially a, a sexual assaulter or yeah. whatever you call that. At least a peeping tom at the very least, and worse. And then uh, you know. Phoebe Cates, he, he's just like, I'm sorry, baby. I didn't mean anybody. She's like, oh, I love you. You know, there's just no dramatic no consequence to anything he did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. So, so yes, I, I agree with you that the idea of what they are going through is relatable and they're, you know, good looking people and I, they seem nice enough. Like Matthew Modine with her seems nice, even though I think the implication is he's just trying to 
say whatever he needs to say to to finally get to played. score. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I think he's also supposed to kind of be the misunderstood. Oh shucks, like he's actually a lovable guy. I don't know. This movie has no fucking idea what uh, it's it. It it does that where it's trying to make him be like the good guy, but then also he's like I said, running around with his buddies, just spying on girls and taking their pictures without them knowing, and and they say shit like, uh, "Oh man, a day without," uh, or like, "If you can see boobs and you don't, you're wasting your life or something." Or I, I forget what the line of dialogue is, but it's it's so dumb and 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 then you got like Bubba, who is literally just a fucking like walking uh I, I mean he sees a pair of underwear or whatever and like he can't like his tongue falls out of his mouth and he can't think about anything else and he's just yeah. like the these guys are are not not of this world i mean <laughs> right it's all caricatures of of what they think teenagers are like or what they think especially boys what they think boys are like and what boys act like and what they enjoy and it's all very it's all very over exaggerated and 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 like we said these scenes go on forever they go on for right 10 minutes sometimes like the the scene yeah. where they're yeah i mean we should probably get into the the uh, just a general gist of the story but well, this movie loves its music, so it's there is never more than thirty seconds where there's not a song playing. Whether it's like you were talking about, or, or we were talking about, or I mentioned that um, they'll play a full song and then just have like a, a aerobic routine set to it, or or a guy spying on a bunch of girls in the shower, or whatever it is, and it lasts for literally the entire song. And I don't know if that's runtime padding or if the intention is those scenes are supposed to be i mean obviously the shower scene is done for you know titillation or whatever the aerobic scene i guess you could make that argument except do we really need a full three minute uh like there's not unless just the idea of girls and leotards doing aerobics is sexy like that's not really a, a a teen sex movie trope worth spending a full three and a half minutes on you know yeah. or whatever so i feel like some of it's just about padding the runtime but but even if you take all that out of the equation every time even during dialogue in the background there's music and and the the music gets louder too, as scenes change and then it drops out again and there's just there's constant music playing during this movie yeah. and i don't know if that's a good or bad thing it's just a weird observation or a weird filmmaking thing about it but I had it. Uh, I had it written. One of the notes that I have written down is interesting soundtrack because once you'd hear these songs that they probably had no licensing to because it was 1983 and they could just play. It felt like they were playing songs that I'm guessing they. I don't know how it worked back then, but they, there are songs in this movie that I'm like, wow, they they got this song or they, you know, they'd they'd play like a kind of a pretty yeah. famous pop song or a song that I've heard before, and then they'd go into the. Uh, some Rick Springfield slow jam ballad about the first time that you touched me, I felt heaven and whatever the yeah. fuck. <laughs> I did. I did make a note about that. I, I said something very similar where it was like, some of these songs are, you know, kind of bangers or whatever. They got this, this punk song and it's, you know, a good song or it's a funny song or whatever yeah. it is. And then the ballads are all awful. Like they're, they're horrible. Uh, 
<laughs> legitimately terrible. And the scenes that accompany him are awful. And I, I, I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself and I'm getting ahead of all the notes, but I wrote down something about how I feel like this movie was made by two different directors. Somebody directed the teen sex shit and then somebody else yeah. like complete. It's, it's like, it'd be like if you and I made a choose your own adventure movie or something. And I, I did the, the sexy shit and you did the, or, or vice, whatever it is. But like, right. and then somebody was like, let's just put all that shit together to match this script. It's like they, they filmed yeah. two different movies and then somehow spliced them together. It's, it's the yeah. weirdest fucking tonally messed up shit. <laughs> but but that's, absolutely is. I, I, it, that's a, a <laughs> almost a feather in this movie's cap it, it, it it's not good and, it, and it's annoying to watch but it's a thing that kind of sets it apart and i mean if you're yep. drunk or high watching this thing you're gonna be fucking and, and yeah. let me say right now i got high and watch vacation because I, i've seen it before so i was like well it doesn't really matter if i don't you know whatever i wish i got high and watched this fucking movie instead and was straight for vacation because now i'm thinking about vacation i'm like well i don't really know how to compare this to like what i think of it now because i you know i've got all this nostalgia for it and then also i was fucked up when i was watching it and everything so i should have done it the reverse i should have watched nostalgia straight or nostalgia <laughs> vacation straight and uh yeah. this one screwed up <laughs> Yeah, I no, I know, I know what you're saying. I, I watched, uh, I watched this one, Stone Zomber, and I'm, I, I, I do the, you know, it's got, it's got elements of everything that that has happened before. You know, it, it takes a lot from Animal House and and everything that's been done and and whatnot, but it's yeah, it manages to still. We're, I mean, we're talking about this movie way more in depth already than either of the Porky's movies. Oh yeah. I mean, this movie is way more interesting. Like even if it is, is a fucking mess and a, and whatever, that's the kind of movie that sort of becomes a, a cult thing or people sort of reevaluate or, or even if they go, well, it's not good, but you know what? You're, you're not going to be bored or you're going to be laughing your ass off at how crazy it is or, or something like that. This is that kind of movie. Whereas Porky's, it's legend proceeds. It is like, Oh man, you got to see Porky's. It's the original, uh, you know, American pie or whatever it's legend is then you watch it and you're just like this is fucking terrible like it's cheap it's <laughs> yep. not funny it's not even that sexy uh it's got that shower scene but that's really about it and then porky's 2 is even less uh, raunchy where you think that would have just doubled yeah. down and gone gone to 11 or something and it, it does not this movie is way better if all you're into it for is a bunch of uh 80s sex hijinks and, and a bunch of inappropriate shit that would never get made these days i mean this is your your movie fuck those two porky yeah. movies they they suck 12 or they're, they're, 12 or 13 year old peter would have absolutely loved private school i could oh just, my god I, I yeah, just, yeah. I, I definitely don't think i saw it back then because if i did i would have definitely been able to keep this movie straight from other shit yeah but yeah i, I don't know i think it was just a Do little we, too uh, soon i remember watching revenge of the nerds a lot as a kid but this one um i i never saw or watched or like i said i think i saw it somewhere along the line but it, it's not uh i don't know do we want it didn't <laughs> register uh no i was gonna say do well, it should, should i give a brief synopsis of the plot uh yeah why don't you do that all right uh basically somebody basically should. it's about a, well be you yeah <laughs> all right uh i'll do i'll do my best uh it, basically it's a, a girl's private school called Cherry Vale, which is also a mall in in Rockford, Illinois, which is one of my 
my hometown away from my hometown. Um, this is your and hometown. you have <laughs> you have uh, Phoebe Cates and uh, Betsy <laughs> Betsy Russell and some other uh, the girl from the girl from Roadhouse. That's all I know her as. Is, <laughs> The girl from Road. She's also in Murphy's <laughs> with uh, Bronson, which I don't know if we're, that's coming up. I think that might be an 84 movie, but we also might have missed it. I don't think we missed it. I don't think that was before 82. Um, she's also in 24 in a pilot season. And uh, oh, wow. she's an odd looking, odd looking uh, uh, girl. But I, I've i got some good notes about her. I was uh, uh, taken, taken with her in this film, shall we say, but. Yes, anyway, I, sorry I thought Go she was probably. Oh no, you're good. She she was probably the the best female in the movie in terms of having any sort of uh, depth to her character, or at least uh, some. Yeah, she she was very good in this movie. I agree. Um, basically, there's a boys' private school not too far away, and they are constantly constantly trying to either get a peep or hook up with or whatever they can do with these girls at at Cherryvale school um and that's pretty much it for for a plot wouldn't you agree <laughs> well but the the main plot is the Matthew Modine and uh, Phoebe Cates where they're trying to you know it, it, she is obviously not giving up the the V card and and he clearly him and his friends are just a bunch of horn dogs and Finally, she decides she wants to go all the way with him, uh, but she wants it to be special. So she does this thing where she's trying to reserve a, a hotel room at the uh, hotel where her parents honeymooned or something like that. And there's all this buildup about how they're going to do that. And so that I, I that keeps him on the line. Apparently, I don't I don't know if I missed it, but was he planning on you know breaking up with her or something like that? It seemed like he he just wanted to like go off and do what his friends were doing, but she always would say something like. I promise soon or whatever. And then, and then finally she's like, I made a reservation and he's like, Oh really? And so he's waiting for all this stuff to happen. But in the meantime, him and his fucking dumbass friends are still going into her literal sorority house, like whatever, trying to take pictures and, and, and spy on her, her roommates in, you know, it, it it's bad enough that you, wouldn't want to get caught doing that. But then also when your girlfriend is in the next like room over, and this happens multiple times, and then they get they get busted multiple times, pretty much every fucking time. It like never works out for them. And then the girls all just laugh it off, except for when it the plot doesn't want them to. And then she gets mad, and then they're mad at each other for a while. And then she says something like, "I guess we should talk." And he's like, "I'm sorry, nothing happened." And she's like, oh, "I love you." Like, like what? What fucking weird ass like not reality this this movie is screenwriter contrivance upon screenwriter just like whatever furthers the plot and and gets us to the next thing that needs to happen and actually as much as i think that sucks i kind of appreciate it because this movie does not at least dick around and we don't have to go through a whole bunch of relationship drama bullshit and him trying to win her back and i mean there's a little of that but it it literally they spend two minutes on any kind of relationship conflict and it just it resolves itself when it's time for the next weird scene of whatever and yeah and, and i'm fine with that in a movie like this this doesn't need to be the the goddamn you know hours or revolutionary road or something like i, <laughs> I it's fine that they just skip over everything i, I know what was I'm the hours even about I, I i 
Was that Meryl Streep? No, was Nicole Kidman in it? I don't even know. Yeah. Did she have a I don't know. That might have been a horrible it? reference. I, I, I don't <laughs> think I saw it. But I didn't. Need minutes or whatever it is. Like, I don't know. And, and you know, I, I you said it best. Like I was trying to describe the plot. I should have said this movie has two plots essentially. One is about dumb hijinks, episodic, you know, scene after scene of of people acting as dumb as possible. And then there's also a story of Phoebe Cates and Matthew Modine trying to have sex for the first time. And there's it's like yeah. almost two different movies. Except oh, no, for when Modine, that. except for when Modine joins in on the dumb hijinks. <laughs> Gotta hate Matthew Modine in this movie so much. Anyway, we'll get into it. So I I wrote uh, in my initial notes, like I said, I, I said it's kind of a good relic of of eighties teen sex movie tropes. Uh, it's not quite John Hughes, but it's not as shitty as Porky's. I said I, I thought it walks a good line with the the raunch and the the I don't know what the word is like the schmaltz if you will. It it, it has all the cheesy '80s movies hallmarks like the the '80s bands at dances. Those bands were <laughs> fucking terrible, but you know that's that's a fun thing to see in a movie like this. Like it, it's this movie's checking boxes. It's in there. I mean, it probably wasn't at the time. They were just like we're making a movie that's popular at the time or indicative of the time. But uh, it's fun to look back on it and be like, this has all the the stuff uh, you know hair fashion the 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 shower girl the, remember at the beginning where they first go the the guys first do their shenanigans where they break into the dorm room and they're they're standing on each other's shoulders trying to spy in the window and they're trying to take pictures of the girl in the shower and the girl in the shower comes out and they're and you're like oh man she's she's really hot like look at her and she's got like wet hair right so it's like all wet down and on her on her face and back and whatever <laughs> yeah i'm not trying to turn anybody out here i'm just you know <laughs> there there won't be like a ron after dark where i recount <laughs> sexy scenes i was, <laughs> I'm just I was saying, saying can i join that I, <laughs> I mean if that's all it takes to get you going but, uh but anyway what i'm saying is she she looked like an attractive pretty girl but then you cut to like after the scene ends, she's sitting there getting ready to quote go out or look hot or whatever, and her hair is a fucking frizzy puffball mess of shit, and she doesn't even look like the same person. I was like, holy fuck, is that the like the hot girl from the shower they were trying to spy on? Because look at her ridiculous, <laughs> yeah. awful hair. Anyway, yeah. I guess my point is, it this movie definitely has the uh, the eighties the eighties hair, the fashions. Uh, it's got the quirky teachers. There's Frank language. There's full fucking aerobic exercise sequences for some reason. Uh, the, the guys, they go to these elaborate lengths to spy on the girls and get pictures of them naked. Uh, you know, that, that's, again, a thing you're not going to see today. And it's not just this movie or or, or this gag. It, it's common for all of these 80s movies. And I just, it, it really takes you back thinking like this was just these these tropes of, of dudes just spying on girls or busting into their their dorm rooms or taking pictures of them or whatever it's like a it's a it's a staple of of all this shit and that's just insane to me <laughs> you wouldn't get yeah, one and... of these movies made these days never mind <laughs> a whole industry like it's fucking crazy right and, and you know the, as we'll talk about with when we do the box office uh these movies still have a a big place. There's obviously a, a market for them. That's why they're getting pumped out. But yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> man. They, there's a this... scene. There's a scene where the guys all dress up as girls to like infiltrate 
a sorority house. Like that, this is a thing you've seen before, but this is a thing that would number one, not probably happen. And number two, if it did, nobody is going to just be like, Oh, you guys look like, like this only happens in a movie and it only happens in a movie like this. And, and to whatever degree that I'm like, that's such bullshit. And why is it so dumb? I'm also like, just fine with that because I'm like, where where else are you going to see a bunch of guys dress up as sorority girls and try to like work their way into a a house. It's only going to happen in the like 1982 to 1987 uh, range of, of these kind of films. (laughs) Maybe you can push it to 92 or something. I don't know, but it's just, it's like, this was a very specific moment in time. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm here for it. I guess it's, it's like, you, you take the creepiness out of it and it's just, it's a, it's a funny relic of its, of its time. But, uh, and, a couple uh, things. I don't get what the hell Modine and his friends are up to though. Like what, like, what are they just, their, their whole thing is just, we need to see these girls at the sorority house naked. And they just like, every other night have some weird wacky elaborate plan to go about this like they both two of them have girlfriends there fucking modine is dating phoebe cates and uh, uh bubba's dating the, the the murphy's law chick like just, just yep. be with your girlfriend like, <laughs> the other guy's the only one who has a reason to even do this shit <laughs> now where did they go there because they did they go there because the they were grounded or not grounded, but essentially grounded because they have they're supposed to be staying in their dorms because they got in trouble. But I don't know if that's ever explained to the guys. Like at first, I thought, are they going there because the the girls got in trouble for cutting the gym teacher's uniform and she f- ended up accidentally flashing? Oh no 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 no! That's way late in the movie. I mean, they they start the movie with these guys going and trying to like. <laughs> Oh sure, I, I'm talking about when they, like, yeah, when they dress as the when they dress as the women. I thought that yeah. was the whole the whole premise was they were doing it to go. I don't know why the third guy was there, but I thought maybe the two of them were trying to see their girlfriends. But at the same time, oh, I see don't see their girlfriends. Oh, yeah. I get that. Okay, sure, maybe maybe I missed that that idea, but it didn't really. I don't know. I mean, fuck, man. There's that. He's, uh, what what did you say the actress's name was? The girl who plays. Um, Betsy Russell, the blonde girl. Yeah. Yeah. Betsy is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It just seems like they all just keep running into her and spend more time trying to get her to get naked or whatever than they, they do trying to find their girlfriends or whatever. Oh yeah, absolutely. They still make, (laughs) they still make the dumbest decisions the entire time, the whole way through, including ending up in bed with a drunk gym teacher and, (laughs) My no, God. no, don't don't jump into that. <laughs> but but uh, but Peter, that it, this is the part in the movie where they they said what I said, where it's like life is too short to miss out on any opportunity to see tits or whatever. I'm paraphrasing. I forget what that line is, but like that's where they're dressed up as as girls. So even if their initial intent was to go hang out with their girlfriends, like, they're still just like, yeah, let's just get in there because fucking uh, Betsy's in there or whatever and maybe we can get her to... I mean, so so either way, they're just, they're just fucking horndog assholes, but I mean, what teenage boy isn't, but how many of them do this crap? Especially, I mean, well, maybe they did it in the 80s. I don't know, man. Maybe this movie is like a really true-to-life documentary of what frat boys were like in the... I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if people thought it was particularly fine and cool to you know, take pictures of girls without them knowing and, you know, yeah. share that shit around. That's probably a thing that happened, but 
that's something I thought about too. Is at, at the same time that you want to, you don't want to say this movie's promoting, but this might have been very realistic. Right. Not, not I don't ultra know. realistic, I was not but a college right. guy in the eighties. Yeah, right. It's it's exactly. realistic and then jacked up to to ten or whatever. But yeah, I'm sure that was th- these kind of things were probably not super punishable if uh, it had, like like now you would go to jail. <laughs> you would absolutely. You would be, <laughs> Back then, you know, a guy catches you peeping into some girl's window at the school, you're maybe suspended for a little bit or something. I, right. I, I don't know, but there there yeah. was hardly ever any consequences for anything the guys did in this movie, which is kind of what we're getting at is like the the girls would be hum- humiliated and the guys would would fuck up and there'd be no consequences for them. Well, but the other fucked up thing is that it seems like they're almost just as interested in just kind of like pranking them as they are in actually mm-hmm. seeing boobs or or whatever. And the girls, to the same extent, like to make fun of the guys. And also, half the girls hate the other half of the girls in the sorority house. So they're also like pranking each other. There's that ridiculous scene at the, the beginning where they fucking light a bag of horse shit on fire in front of their door inside the dorm room and the one girl comes out and stomps it out and, and then everybody else is like laughing at her. it's like you all have to live with this fucking bunch of horse shit on your floor now <laughs> like, like you didn't <laughs> this is not yeah. a not a yeah, good they're all laughing of, like, you didn't light it on somebody's doorstep outside it's it's yeah. in the it's in the dorms like, <laughs> yeah this is where that's what I'm saying. yeah and they're, they're, they're laughing at each other they laugh when the guy they they bust the guys uh outside the window looking at them and then the guys fall over and they're like ha, 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 like we got you it's like uh, th- these guys were taking pictures of you naked what the fuck like, <laughs> yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah this is a this is a wild affair it's like I said, it's it it does it does the genre it does the genre right. Uh, not that these genres deserve any credit. I'm just saying. Yeah, if it doesn't was... do storytelling right. <laughs> storytelling. Yes. <laughs> doesn't do yeah, storytelling yeah. right. <laughs> no, it does not at all. Uh, <laughs> but like every time Modine amongst... does this shit, he's risking losing his girlfriend, which eventually happens. But. You almost wonder if those really aren't the stakes because Phoebe Cates laughs off half the shit he does. And then, like I was saying, whenever it's kind of convenient for the script, she's like, oh, I guess we're done. And then he's just like, well, I'm sorry, baby. And she's like, oh, well, I guess you you really love me. Like, there's just there's there's nothing here to <laughs> to hang your hat on. Yeah. And and that's almost fine, because like we were saying, the the, the romantic scenes of the two of them. Woof. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're the worst. <laughs> well let, let, let's get into that music just sucks yeah. fucking everything yeah, they, is just there's some, terrible there's some Rick Springfield slow ballads uh, especially during is the it, is it really Rick Springfield? yeah did you look that up? I, I oh, did yep. I thought you yeah <laughs> I was like when you first said that I, I kind of let it go I was like well I don't think it's just, I don't think Rick Springfield's that bad but <laughs> <laughs> he did color me he, fucking <laughs> shocked yeah um, so we should, we should talk, we might as well get into the, the Kate's Modine in some, at some sort of length, their, their horrible, uh, story. It, you know, she, you did, you did not, so you are a Phoebe Kate's fan. Yes. 
Uh, I mean, I like her in the stuff I've seen her in. I think she's good in Gremlins. I think she's good in Fast Times. I think she's fine in this. I uh, don't know if I've seen her in too many other things. Um, I don't know. I, I she's she's a good actress as far as I can tell. I don't think she ever really had her moment beyond Fast Times, and and I don't think she ever got to show what she could really do with drama. Um, but to call me a fan is yeah. I, I guess yeah. I mean, my, mine was kind of yeah. It's 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 acting and and uh, you know I've always I've always had a a big crush on Phoebe and uh, yeah, actress wise she I don't she didn't do much past. Like drop dead Fred in ninety one. I don't think she. All right, forgot about that one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think she did many movies beyond that. Um, I think she focused on family. Which is weird because she was she could have been like the it girl of the eighties, and she could have had a Meg Ryan or Julia Roberts career. Or Absolutely. Um, she had she there. has the Maybe look doing movies like this piece of fucking shit. <laughs> it could very well be it could very well be no i'm just kidding i i at the end of the day i like this movie i, I mean i i liked it okay but uh I, i'm not calling it a piece of shit because that but i'm saying like it's it's inert like none of this <laughs> none of this is is gonna be on your highlight reel of uh you know if you're phoebe cates and you're like listen give me sleepless in seattle and they're like okay why and they're like well check out my romantic chops in fucking private school <laughs> <laughs> right like that's not gonna get you there phoebe yeah great point <laughs> but but like we said at the top though she did do a little thing where you'd expect her to be the big uh you know nudity magnet uh whatever of this movie just because of what people want from her or know her as and and she's the only one in this movie who doesn't get naked pretty much so that's that's an interesting little wrinkle and, and maybe she was trying to not pigeonhole herself into that, but then she should have made a, a less sexy, not sexy, but less sexual and, and better movie than this to follow that up if that's what she was trying to do. So. Right, which I guess makes it all the more surprising that she was casting Goonies. While it's not a family movie, it's certainly different than what she had been known for at that point. But that's I think that was a, a good... She didn't do much besides, yeah, Gremlins and Gremlins 2 and whatever else she did in the late 80s there... Uh, yeah, she could have been more of a leading lady for sure. She has every bit the look than than all these other actresses, and I don't think she's a bad actress by any means. But I think she, I think what I remember reading is that she kind of just once she got married to Kevin Klein, they had kids, and that was what she wanted yeah. to focus on. So, well, that's the other thing I was gonna say. You know, it, life gets in the way and whatever else. So perhaps it was more of a choice on her part, and and I don't know, but um. Yeah, it is a little weird. I don't, I don't know that. I one might not have a. Well, you say she shows a focus on. I'm just wondering if maybe the, the acting career didn't really take off, and so then that's why she decided to focus on it. But either way, um, it's very possible. You know, I, I, yeah, it's possible. Had she not gotten married, she might have just focused more on career and whatnot. But whatever. I mean, if she's doing whatever makes her happy, then that's that's great. I always thought she was a good actress and cute and and all that stuff. And I'm glad she's probably got a good life without yeah. having to make a bunch of crappy romantic comedies the way you know roberts and may ryan had used yep. to stay in the limelight which eventually dries up anyway because those two clearly had their trouble where they weren't always going to be the box office draw that we were used to and uh yeah julia you know, hollywood just kind of swallows up and chews up these 
no, sure. flavors of the day, and that's unfortunate. So, you know, uh, good with with Julia. At least she had the, um, she was able to at least get into some roles like Aaron Brockovich that someone like Meg Ryan right. or some of these other actresses weren't even able to get. But, uh, but yes, it, well, that's what I was gonna say. Like all these girls have their dramatic chops too. You got your Michelle Pfeiffer's yeah. and your uh, Julia Roberts and. Um, even somebody like Nicole Kidman and, you know, some of these people start out in kind of genre movies um, or romantic comedies. Sandra Bullock's a good example. Oh, yeah. And they're able to parlay that into a dramatic career. I don't know if Phoebe Cates tried and failed or if she never bothered to try or, or what it was, but um, yeah, it'd be, be nice to be able to see her be in, in the zone of some of the, these other leading ladies, but it just yeah. never happened for her for whatever reason. And what about uh, Modine? I, I, when I when I think of it, okay, first of all, my first reaction was, man, this dude doesn't really age hardly at all. Like I know I I've seen a recent picture. Obviously, <laughs> he looks his age. Oh, he's got white yeah. hair. He's in uh, Stranger Things. Is he? He's a, okay. a real. Uh, yeah. Yep. He's got. He's pretty pretty thin, kind of gaunt, really white hair, big hair. It might be just for the the role. You know, I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, he's definitely. I would say he's aged, but yeah, yeah, he still looks like Matthew Modine. You can look at him and go, "Hey, that's yeah, that's Modine." You're not gonna mistake him. Even in this movie, where uh, I I don't think I'd ever seen him this young. I think I first became familiar with Modine. Now I know he's in like Full Metal Jacket, and he's in some of these other movies, but um, Pacific Heights, yes, in 1990, yeah, with Michael Keaton and uh, Melanie Griffith, another one who kind of. Melanie Griffith, yeah. Seemed to sputter out and stall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was really good. That, uh, yeah, underrated. But that's kind of the my my childhood memory of Matthew Modine. Or yeah. Like his big movie for me. And then, uh, and then yeah, he had kind of rough 90s and he sort of kind of petered out too. But uh, did you. Yeah, I always liked him. Did you see. I assume you saw Full Metal Jacket, right? Yeah. For sure. Yeah, that was, that was my first exposure. I never. A lot of people like Vision Quest. I've never seen it. Um, but, Me neither. but this nope. full metal jacket was my first exposure to him. And I, you know, he, he's really good, but I, I like Arlie Ermey and, and D'Onofrio are, are obviously sure. the, the much better and more <clears throat> key to the, the first part of the movie, which yeah. is the only important or the only good part of the movie in my opinion. But, um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that movie is overall solid and I think yeah. Kubrick is kind of can do no wrong. So no matter what he does, even if it's not my favorite Kubrick is always interesting, Yeah, but, totally agree. but I'll agree with you. Yes. Modine is good in there, but I think, uh, he's always kind of, um, I don't want to say he's always Modine. Cause that's not a, I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, I think Denzel Washington is very rarely not Denzel Washington. I know. I know, <laughs> you know? exactly. But he's always mean. good, yes. but he's, he's not very disappeared into a role type guy. Clint Eastwood's like that, who obviously he's my, my guy mm. and um, there's there's a lot of guys you could say that about modine though is more of an acquired taste because he's got kind of a he I, I could see how people would think he has a very irksome uh i want to smack this guy in the fucking face quality <laughs> and, i know and, and I, that's why i like pacific heights so much and i didn't realize this at the time but looking back he plays sort of like melanie griffith is the the uh alpha in that movie and he's sort of the um kind of playing that what would normally be in Hollywood, the, the female part of the, I'll stay at home and I get hurt and I got injured and I yep. can't do anything. And, and, and she goes out and, and does all this investigative work and, 
takes all the risks and maybe gets hurt or killed and, and whatnot. And um, I thought that was a, a really good, uh, I don't know what the word is, turn of. Turn of, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, tr- transposition of roles sure, or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, but, but yes, Matthew Modine has never rung cool to me or yeah. tough to me or romantic lead to me or or any of the things some of these movies try to position him as and um this one i i, I thought he was really fucking bad in this movie um the the end scene does neither one of them any favors and i want to spend a lot of time talking about their final scene That's fucking so me, I, let's not get into it yeah but it really uh, under and, and, and granted they're they're playing with horrible horrible material an awful script some of the worst dialogue uh so it'd be hard for anyone to rise above it but i can't imagine somebody worse than matthew modine saying some of these lines because he already has such a like a passive a quiet whiny sort of uh just fucking cucky i don't i don't i don't know what to say about like i don't know what you call him he's yeah. just so uh, just... well god as, so okay so as he's so bad in he's this he, yeah he's he's not good uh and and where he's dressed as the woman is some of the worst acting of this entire movie and that's including scenes with bubba uh modine when he's <laughs> when he's having to massage uh whatever her name i know her name's betsy russell in real life i forgot to write down what her name is in the movie um but either way like when when he's dressed as a woman and he's sweating and he's making these really dumb faces and it's just painful uh yeah i totally get what you're saying (laughs) with with him and his character like he's supposed to be the good guy he's supposed to be the uh protagonist damn near of the movie and he's idiot yeah that's what i was saying at the beginning that's it's so fucking weird because he's also in bed with these other fucking dudes and just doing all this like dumb shit and i i don't know is the movie supposed to be like oh he's he's being dragged along by them because that's not what it it seems like there's plenty of times where he could have just been like i'm not going up there i'm on the outs with my girlfriend and they're just like no man we gotta see tits he's like all right i guess you're right (laughs) i'm just we're we're hardwired that way yeah it's just uh, and it, Betsy Russell is uh, Jordan. Jordan, Lynch, that's right, Jordan. Way. Yep. Not to be confused with uh, Kathleen uh, Wilhoit, Wilhoit yep. who is the one we were talking yep. about, who who plays a character named Betsy. Yes. So that's where <laughs> things get very confused. Yeah. But, the lines. But you're not going to mistake Betsy Russell for uh, Kathleen Kath- Wilhoit. Kathleen Wilhoit. No. But. Um. Okay. Uh, okay. Listen. I got a lot of scenes I want to sure. talk about that don't necessarily make sense and you know, if we just like throw them out, but I don't think we need to really go through the plot and then get to these scenes individually. No. Let's just We can just talk it. about the scenes. The horse riding scene is insane. <laughs> uh this So the, a, a prank a prank but mind you turns into this soft focus erotic cinema shot of of a teen girl riding a horse topless after it's ripped off by this horny dude, which only happens because said teen girl is jealous because uh, Phoebe Cates is talking to Matthew Modine. So her plan is to ride up on a horse and flash him. But then the scene is punctuated with a funny line from an old lady teacher uh, who is played by uh, the actress who plays Adam Sandler's grandma in Happy Gilmore. I don't know if you caught I that. I did catch that. Yeah. And, and she goes, 
that's the finest bareback riding I've ever seen. <laughs> Which <laughs> is 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 a you know, that 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 line is actually funny on like three different levels if you if you think about it. Um, between bareback meaning you know no, no condom or yeah. but then also she's she's bare with on a yeah. horse. Uh, she's riding a horse. I mean that's that's a pretty that's a pretty good line to throw in there. And then you got an old lady saying it. So there's a lot of reasons why people laugh at that, but. It's also a dumb, predictable, and uh, obvious fucking thing that you would roll your eyes at. And I'm just like, this is that yin and yang <laughs> of this movie. Uh, it it kind of sums up my feelings overall about it. It's like, it's cheap, it's predictable, it's very much of its sort of this kind of movie. Um, but... It's also such a like greatest hits amalgam of, of of the sort of the best of the best or the worst of the genre if you if you want. So it kind of leaves no gag unturned, and it's and it's a little uh, I don't know I, I I give it credit for for doing that. It's just like here's here's everything that you you want and need in a in a fucking dumb movie like yeah. this, and it does not disappoint. And and what works about that scene that doesn't work in other scenes is that it's a minute long with some good quick whips in or <laughs> quips in it, as opposed right. to some of the scenes that drag like like drag. There's like here's a song. Watch people do things yeah, during. But it. even yeah, <laughs> even even the even the girl when they're dressed as girls that that is probably a half an hour of the movie where they. Where oh, yeah, yeah, between that him caught in the sauna and, and and whatnot, but um, yeah, that's what that. I'm just saying it's not some totally you know shitty pedestrian script or production or or whatever. But like I said, I do also feel like the the romantic stuff between Kate's and Modine is so bad that I just yeah. I wonder if like this movie was literally written and directed by two different people, or if there was like studio notes like no no no. You know, I, I don't want just this movie also cram this shit in here. And somebody had to like figure out a way yeah. to, and, and instead of making it seem seamless, they were like, let's make this as jarring as possible where we completely take you out of the raunch shit into this like awful over the top romantic soap opera shit. And then we jam back into the raunch shit. And then it's just like uh, this, this movie has no fucking clue how to operate like a normal movie. It's, it's, it's really quite impressive yes and <laughs> to that end <laughs> i i think it's <laughs> that's that's a yeah pretty good reason to watch it just on its own but this movie uh, this movie before the final credits is 85 minutes it's it's credited as an 88 minute movie you know besides the final credits it's pretty much 85 and they were clearly milking some scenes just to get it to that length right <laughs> imagine without the three music montages that I'm assuming they all last around three minutes, just based on how long a song is. That's, that's nine minutes right there that yeah. you would chop out of here. And yeah. that gets it down to, you know, 70, whatever, five minutes or something like that. So, and then, yeah, there was some other stuff that we brought up earlier too, where it just seemed like, is this just a thing they did to, you know, goose the time or, or whatever it is. But, uh, I feel like the other thing is I said initially, I'm kind of into this. This is a dumb movie, but it's it's whatever. But it it's still, even at 88 minutes or whatever, wears out its welcome towards the end. I mean, this movie still feels 20 minutes too long or something. Absolutely. There, you know, there was a point that I paused it and there was still 48 minutes left in the movie. And I'm like, 
holy shit, dude. <laughs> We're only 40 <laughs> minutes into this thing. <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah, it, yeah, it's, but it's not, it's not a painfully, it's not painful. It's just, yeah, they're, they don't know what they're doing half the time. <laughs> it's just so oddly structured yeah. and just thrown together and, um, uh, well, we mentioned the the gym teacher. Uh, well, we didn't, I guess, mention her, but you alluded to this, and I said, let's not get ahead of it. But uh, I I just found it funny how um, so there's a gag in the movie, right, where uh, what Whit Whithole or whatever, what's her name, Betsy in the movie? She, uh, yeah, Betsy in the movie, Kathleen Wilhoit. Yeah, yep. Wilhoit, yep. <laughs> Wilhole. <laughs> Wilhoit. Yes. <laughs> Kathleen Wilhoit, who, who I still want to talk about. Um, she uh, uh, is constantly, well, her and uh, Phoebe Cates are, are both kind of like the the normal girls, I guess, or the good girls of this group. So they're 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 constantly fighting with the the shitty kind of rich girl sorority kids, including uh, Jordan, uh, Betsy, yeah, Betsy Jordan, Russell, yeah. yeah, including Jordan. So they're they're always trying to fuck with with them because those girls fuck with them and and vice versa. But anyway, so she cuts uh, some slits in these cheerleading uniforms. Expect uh, assumes that they're going to be jumping around and then their their tits are going to pop out while they're doing that. Which okay, solid plan. But somehow she accidentally cut holes in the gym teacher's uniform, and so this this prank goes off, and then the gym teacher. Her, her boobs pop out as as planned and then she's so fucking mortified that uh the the principal or the the head yeah, the dean or whatever she is who run the school a dean yeah, yeah that's it yeah yeah they're like uh they're like just take a drink and she's like i don't i don't drink that's poison for your body and she's like oh go ahead and then she gives her a drink the gym teacher takes it and the dean's like i got i gotta go and is it, I mean, you know exactly where the scene's going, yeah. but still it was fun to watch this play out. So then the gym teacher just sits there and like slams the whole bottle and she immediately becomes an alcoholic. Yeah. Like, like literally in, in one scene just, just takes to it, <laughs> slams an entire bottle and then goes and passes out in a room. And then fucking Bubba, who we mentioned earlier, rolls in there and thinks it's his girlfriend, uh, Betsy, Kathleen Wilhoy. Yep. And and he's like, oh, you're you're asleep, and and he literally starts having sex with her, and and you know that's that's bad enough, but then she's like, fucking into it, and like this this movie's insane. Like, we where else are you gonna see some student yeah. fuck a teacher and the teacher kind of respond to it, yeah. and then and then of course the, it caps with a like ah like how how did we uh-huh. end up doing this? But it's just like that's the kind of shit in this movie that would just. <laughs> Never fucking happen. I mean, yeah. this movie's crazy. And again, he is forgiven, <laughs> and and he is forgiven for this too. Like, oh yeah, zero zero consequences yeah. either from his girlfriend or from, uh, his, from the gym teacher yeah. or the police or whatever or school else. these guys belong to that clearly has no gives no shits about the uh, yeah. yeah. It really delivers on the the promise of the the nudity and, and sex. There's there there's the shower scene. It's once again set to the entirety of a song, and of course it's it's I want candy. Mm-hmm. Which, like you said, that's a, a <laughs> normal song that they yeah probably spent a good amount of the budget on this film. Had the, to have right. Yeah. And it yeah, and and it's not stuff that would fly today, but in terms of delivering, you know, th- this is like. Like that Porky shower scene was thirty seconds or something like that, and pretty much the centerpiece of the movie. This thing is just 
girls just soaping themselves naked. There's like a half a dozen of them just yeah. for, for fucking three minutes. Yeah. Well, there's a couple cutaways to Bubba, like just like flipping out and, you know, mm-hmm. unable to control his lust <laughs> or whatever. But for the most part, it's just, it's literally just girls in yeah. the shower and, uh, and running around the locker room and, and whatever else. And it's just like, man, yeah. um, I, I don't, I don't know where this movie was when I was 10, but what the fuck? <laughs> how did I miss it? Um, you know, we, we we talked about the gym teacher, and and I kind of wanted to um, touch on this real quick. But the 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 adults, quote unquote, in this movie, in terms of the teachers and the parent, there's a whole you know thing where the parents come to visit the campus before graduation and during graduation, and they yeah. the the adults in this movie end up all being complete idiots too you have you have the uh the limo driver boning the dean you have uh jordan's dad who's on his seventh and eighth wife uh and then you have some guy i don't know if he was a dad of somebody but he's he's constantly drunk and he's constantly slamming into women and then goosing them and it there yep that whole that kind of movie. Yeah, that yeah. Whole, I said at the I said at the top. Even the even the adults are are fucking you know sex obsessed. Like everybody in this movie is just yeah. like <laughs> horny. I mean, yeah. it's just it's it's that kind of movie. I I don't know, but I agree. Yeah. Did you notice that uh, it also plays the song Little Red Riding Hood in that one scene? I did, and I was the killer always plays in striking distance. <laughs> Bruce Willis. Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, I did. I didn't write it down, but I was I was singing along with it, and then I'm like. Oh yeah, this is in striking distance, which I haven't seen in 30 years, yeah. but I remember that very well. Yeah, but like we said, then it cuts jarringly from some shit like that to some, uh, you know, piano ballad and and wannabe romantic <laughs> scene. And right, let's just let's just fucking get into this shit at the end of the movie with uh, Phoebe Cates and Matthew Modine because it's sure. so goddamn bad. They go to they they go to this hotel to have sex. She's kind of grossed out because the hotel's you know kind of a cheesy. And, a Sybaris type get, place without the pool. Yeah. 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 And they get too drunk on free pink champagne. And she's like, I'm going to puke. And then he's just sitting down by the beach. And, and the, the scene starts with the waves lapping over the rocks and uh, the sunshine and, and seagulls. And it's just this, like these various nature scenes and this horrible ballads playing over it. I don't know if this is the Rick Springfield, but I can't believe he actually is one of the songs in this because the <laughs> two or three ballads I'm thinking of are so awful. I thought they had to just be written by some no name shit bag. They just commissioned to write him. <laughs> and, and then they're, first of all, she apologizes. She's like, I'm sorry. I was such an idiot. It's like, what the fuck are you apologizing for? Like he's right. the fucking scumbag who's been spying on your friends this entire movie and yeah. kind of pressuring you to have sex. And he's just like, I'm fine. Like, let's just fuck in this horrible room that you're not, you're feeling nauseous. And you're not even feeling well. And this, this room sucks and is dumb. And, uh, you know, he's like, no, no, just come on. Let's just do it. It's just, it's terrible. And then she rolls up to him and she's like, I'm sorry. I was such an asshole or, or whatever. And then he's like, Oh no no I you know I I guess I'm sorry. And then it just it just does exactly what he's done a thousand times where he's like just so you know I was never in any of those other girls. She's like I know I love you and he's like I love you too. And then they just fucking have sex on the beach in this like ridiculous yeah. montage of 
horrible shit of them like dancing around in the water in their see-through white clothes and uh you know now it's this this loving thing as waves wash over them and all these yeah slow fades and filtered into the next it's just oh my god it's so bad and the dialogue is just goddamn fucking blow your face off nobody would buy this or say this in real life uh and then and then it's back to some goofy shit again dude this movie i you will not convince me this movie was not made by two different fucking directors and then right together afterwards. <laughs> i did yeah there's, like okay so it's written no by way. it's written by two people and i sometimes sit here and wonder yeah do they write it at separately like rooms in, <laughs> yeah you know, there one of the writers is a woman, so I'm even more confused by it all. I would love it if she was the one who wrote all the sex shit, <laughs> right. and then the guy wrote all the romantic stuff. Because yeah. that would go a long way towards explaining this movie. Frankly, it would be the guy's idea of what they think it's, a woman exactly. wants and all wants to in the romantic shit, and yeah, and the girl's idea of what she thinks the guy that actually i hope that's what happened on i do too because fucking amazing that might make we should have reached out to the writers this we movie for our podcast. <laughs> listen i'm still waiting to hear back from christian <laughs> if he wants to do pump up the volume fuck that guy <laughs> fuck him we're we're getting Dean on instead exactly <laughs> you skinny tall wiry motherfucker <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there's a scene. Okay, there or there's a there's a camera shot where they're making love on the beach, but I couldn't tell if they were laughing or if he's humping her. The, it's one of I think you can see his. I don't know. Maybe you can see her ass. I don't know. They're on the beach. They're naked, and well, I she was in a dress. He was wearing pants. Yeah. Right, but yeah. Then when they act, they actually do. They actually do get to boning on the beach and. You see both their, we see one of their asses, and I'm like, well, what happened to their condoms? Probably his. What happened to their condoms that they bought? But regardless, oh, it was yeah. just a, it was just well, that's a, the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> Three men and a baby. Uh, they, yeah. Then they, it's then it's all the weird shit he's gonna do now that he finds out she's pregnant or whatever. He joins he joins Vietnam. To be, yeah. To right. Get away from... Why why'd you join up? Well. Well, because I got—I had sex for the first time, got the girl pregnant, and yeah, here we are. Uh that being right. said, what? How many stars? The timelines would you give wouldn't them? match up on that. Well, look, I, I don't know if you know all this endures me more to this, you know, kind of nutso movie. Uh, but but again, it, it makes so many crazy choices that it's by default more interesting than. You know, a lot of these these fucking movies. Even that yeah, first I shot agree. in the movie where yeah, like as soon as the movie starts, Phoebe Cates sit down, sits down in class, yep. kind of looks at the camera, smiles, and then yep. turns into a fucking coloring book picture of herself and a uh uh punk rock song starts up that's called like uh I, I don't know, I don't, I don't fucking care. So like there's an F bomb thrown in there. There was, yeah, in the chorus or I, yeah. I didn't look it up, yeah. I didn't look up what it was, but, but anyway, I guess my point is like this movie sets the tone from the first get go that number one, it, it clearly has no idea of what a, a actual movie looks like and how it's made. Right. And then also <laughs> that it's obviously going to be like a little, uh, anarchistic and stuff like that. And the way it just decides to just kind of do whatever the hell it wants. And I guess I kind of appreciate that. Kathleen Whithole, uh, 
she's got stupid hair, but uh, I like her energy and, and reactions to things. There's uh, she made me legitimately laugh out loud in this scene where she realizes she accidentally ripped the gym teacher's costume too. Uh, she looks concerned for like a minute, and then she kind of thinks. And then she gets like the biggest, brightest smile on her face. And it's just like, and, and that's kind of a trope too. Like people doing that. That's a, a kind of normal reaction thing, but just the way she does it, she really yeah. sells it. And it was at that point where I was like, I'm, I'm all in on this chick. She's obviously not like the hottest girl. And she's got kind of a, a weird look. She could, you know, play a raggedy Andy or something yeah. in a, in a <laughs> different movie. But, um, but I mean, yeah, she's, she's fucking great in this. She's, she's really well, really did, funny and doing a lot of good stuff. Did you see Roadhouse bef- uh, or Murphy's Law first? I don't know. I'm not even sure I connected that she was the same. That you okay? I'm, no, I'm just wondering. Just, I'm wondering in general because I okay. I, I Murphy's Law was a thing I just caught on TV every once in a okay. while when I was a kid. It wasn't like a movie. I was like, this is my movie or whatever. Yeah. Roadhouse, you know, I watched a ton, but Murphy's Law, I'm sure I saw first because it came out first and probably saw it on TV here and there or something. I, yeah. I don't know. But I saw her I saw her face in this movie and I'm like, I'd know her from somewhere. And then I saw Roadhouse and I'm like, that's right, because she has such a unique look to her. And it's not it's yeah. not, uh, you know, the your stereotypical hot girl or whatever. But she's got she's got a vibrant personality to her and and her facial expressions yeah. are good. They work they work for her. But in, in all these movies, she's got that kind of. In in Murphy's Law, I think she plays kind of a junkie or a hooker or something. So she's she looks kind of trashy and and washed out. Um, in Roadhouse, she's got kind of a and again a kind of a weird haircut. She's sort of I don't I don't want to say boyish, but she doesn't seem like yeah you know she's definitely not the sex pot or whatever. They're not trying to make her sexy and stuff right. Um, and then in Twenty Four, she plays this sort of forties waitress kind of schlumpy, dumpy, wearing like a traditional waitress outfit you know with the, the the skirt that comes down to the knees and the the nylons and all that stuff and she's just playing this kind of tired burned out person that jack bauer is like holding at gunpoint so he can take a nap in her trailer or something oh how she you know, okay escapes or whatever so yeah so it's just like it's one of those things where they're they're clearly using her um she's a good actress and she's got like a unique look and stuff but kind of like hollywood doesn't know what to do with her type thing sure right? You know, so she's she's not going to be the the leading lady. She's not going to be the the sex pot or whatever. But um, I don't know. I think she's a good actress. I think she's underrated. I think she's good at comedy and drama and and everything else. And um, I would like to see more of her. I I didn't look up her filmography, but maybe there's a yeah bunch and, of stuff out there worth checking out. I, I don't know. Yeah, she kind of acted into the mid two thousands and is also a musician too. So. Uh, I think she's. Oh, that's right. I think I did know that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, she she is like I said. She's she delivers not the best not the best lines of the movie, but she, she her character in private school holds up pretty well. You know, she's she's still kind of dumb in some of the parts, but they all got they're a victim of this the story too at times but script yeah well yeah i know what you're saying she seems like the most uh person who didn't like wander in from another planet yes you know? yeah <laughs> she's she seems like she pulls some of these pranks she's the one who puts the dog shit on the girl's stoop yeah. and that's you know a little over the top and and whatever but she's not just and and here's another nice thing about this movie i was i was about to say you know she's not just sex obsessed or whatever else but she also does want to get laid and she does uh she is aware of 
what these stupid guys are up to and stuff like she's she's literally the the smartest probably person in the movie and the least um distracted by things and like lying to herself about what's going on and who she is and all this other stuff and and she's probably the the most uh, indicative of a real life character that that would be in this despite the fact that yes she she does some over-the-top shit too but uh yeah, she's the one who who really feels like she's kind of tethered to some sort of reality, whereas everybody else in here is just like, you know, on, uh, off the the page of somebody's Hollywood script, you know. Just, <laughs> right. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I'm getting getting pretty drunk here, and we still got another movie to do. <laughs> did, you, so. did you have an, Did you have any more notes on uh, on it? Uh. Yeah, actually, uh, I'm almost to where I put the stars down. But um, yeah, I, I just noted too towards the end of this thing that this is one of those movies where everybody is kind of sex obsessed. We talked about this a little bit already, but uh, you know, I think the boys, the girls, the teachers, the parents, uh, Ray Walston. Yes. Uh, <laughs> like I said, everybody. That's that's all they care about. Every single person who who eventually in this film you know, has sex or, or reveals that that's what they care about. Fucking Bubba, like we talked about, is basically just this this nympho who can't fucking <laughs> function other than to just drool over every girl he sees and he's constantly distracted. And um, and he too, like Modine, has a fucking girlfriend and I, I just don't understand the the, the problem here um, and, and, and why you would risk... Look, I get I get guys have girlfriends and they're married and risk shit all the time. I guess that's not what I'm saying, but it's just like these guys have girls they can see getting naked or they could put effort into getting them naked. This whole idea that they're gonna try to panty raid the sorority every other night of the week is just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> right. Um and then uh you got one character's rich father who shows up to a party with his you know hot young trophy wife and and he bangs her in the car on the way over then pulls the sex education teacher uh, who who falls into a pool out and pretends to give her mouth to mouth just so he can kiss her the wife gets pissed about it he keeps doing it and the teacher likes it so yeah. again the the guys in the universe of this movie do not yeah. worry about any consequences of their actions but also the girls either like it or laugh it off or, right. or they succumb to them or whatever. Like it's, it's fucking crazy. I, it's just, and she ends up, is, yeah, she ends baffled. up being the husband or she ends up being the wife at the end of the movie. She's the next wife of, yeah. 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 And I guess that's the joke. So, or so yeah. right. At least it's going somewhere. I, I don't somewhere. Know. But I give this movie two stars. I would have gone two and a half early on. Um, I was in this movie's corner. And even when I was in its corner, I don't know if I would have gone three necessarily just because um, it's pulling its weight in terms of the type of movie it is. But it's still kind of a slapdash, cheapo nonsense thing. Uh, but either way, I, I was a little more on its side. Like when I said, I was like, oh, this movie's going to kind of combine the, the raunchy and the John Hughes and whatever. And then, uh, like I said, it just wears out its welcome as it goes along. The stuff with Modine and Cates at the end is, is truly fucking awful. And the misogynistic, misogynistic stuff starts to kind of take its toll as, yeah. as it goes along. and gets just a little more uncomfortable. Um, Kate's just... she she's apologizing repeatedly to Modine and he's so full of shit and 
she, you know, she needs like zero convincing or closure on anything. And the movie just treats her like a nag and it eventually just kind of starts to leave a bad taste. And uh, I, I don't know. It's, it, it wore me down, but uh, if it had ended 20 minutes sooner or something, I'd have been like, you know what? This is a, a fine, if offensive sex romp of the early eighties, you know, check it out if that's your thing or whatever. And, um, I, I think it's still worth watching just because it's so batshit weird and crazy, but I don't know. What do you think? I I know we've, like, I swear, I swear every, when I ask you your star rating, it's damn near almost exactly what mine is. And we might differ in the next one. I don't know. But yeah, I, mine is exactly two stars for this one too, because it's, you take it for what it's worth. And you also take into account that it's 1983 and, Put that all together, right. I give it two stars. Yeah. Uh, Porky's it, being a zero a break. star. <laughs> like yeah. the stuff it does, but yeah, yeah. The, the the rest of it can fuck off. Yeah, right. yep. no, I get it. Um, yeah, well, that the one reason I thought we weren't going to agree on that one is just I, I thought you know you might come into it with like, oh, here's another piece of shit Porky yeah. thing. This but, one, uh, this one resonated a little that. more. Yeah, yeah. Joysticks too, even though that's a much more low budget <laughs> yeah. uh, production and whatnot. At least it, yeah, it, it, you you really realize what a piece of shit Porky's is. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm trying. I want people to know. <laughs> like, spread the word. Every single movie we watch that's kind of a Porky's knockoff is yeah. better than Porky's. I mean, that's just the, yep. <laughs> the lesson here. Porky's yep, is exactly. shit. I don't know why that got on so hardcore. And, and then it was like it was like one and done too because people were just like oh Porky's that movie made a hundred and I don't know twenty million dollars in in eighty two bucks that's that's three hundred plus million yeah. today's dollars I mean it'd be like a fucking sensation bigger than the Hangover bigger than American and, Pie yeah exactly yeah and to the degree that uh, these other movies came out and were so much better and and people didn't see them or ignored them or, or didn't think they were as good just just blows my mind i don't know if they didn't get quite the promotion as porky's but porky's was as low budget as joysticks or or anything else certainly more low budget than this and definitely really don't get how that was the (laughs) just right place right time i guess i yeah it's one of those mysteries we'll never know because it's not 1983 anymore and we're trying to we're navigating our way (laughs) yep I found out long ago. Whoa. Was that you singing the whole time? Long way down the holiday room. <laughs> holiday <Whoa>. room. <laughs> yeah. Did you know uh, Lindsey Buckingham did that song? <laughs> Not until about two years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I learned it late, too. I think it was longer than two years ago, but yep, yeah, it was pretty weird. <laughs> weird to find that one out also the the last movie we just watched it starts off with a uh some sort of wasn't start off with it but there's a a scene somewhere in there where the scene transitions in um private school is the name of it that's the the movie we just did yep yeah (laughs) (laughs) like i said i keep fucking um and there is something that starts with that bam 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 and it turned out to be like an older 50s song or whatever but Anyway, our next movie is National Lampoon's Vacation. This is a seminal classic of American cinema, or or so we're told. I don't know how we're going to feel about that. But uh, yeah, it's definitely a comedy 
classic, one of the, the bigger comedies of the 80s. Everybody knows it. Everybody seems to love it. Chevy Chase, uh, Beverly D'Angelo, she's smoking hot in this movie. Um, you know, there's Randy Quaid. Uh, yeah, it's all the shit you know. Everybody has seen National Lampoon's Vacation at this point. Uh, that said, what do you think watching it through the eyes uh, 40 years later, um, Peter? Well, I, I'm... The eyes, <laughs> the, the eyes of 40 years. Yeah, the... <laughs> the the first couple times i saw it and i didn't i never as a kid or even as a, as an adult compared it but you're kind of prone to it anyways my i'm a huge fan of christmas vacation and i saw this one probably a year after seeing christmas vacation uh and i enjoyed it as a kid but through the you know as as the years went on i thinking about it i thought it was kind of gross and crude and what and whatnot but uh seeing it today I remember you saying you didn't like the uh sandwich scene yes yes and that's that didn't even grow that what what's funny is that didn't even gross me out uh as much as it did as a you know as a kid oh, you've you've grown so much yeah, yeah. <laughs> right I, I guess what i'm getting at is i can't i can't sit here and say i love christmas vacation without there's so many things that they did in this movie that Christmas Vacation pays. I don't want to say rips right. off, but pays homage to. You have a scene where Chevy Chase like snaps and does a whole dialogue with full of vulgar, or uh, you know, you have the obnoxious relative who doesn't even remember half the shit, and you have cousin Eddie. And so I've never seen yeah. European Vacation, but uh, seeing watching it again today i i was able to appreciate the things that that i enjoyed about christmas vacation and it made me appreciate this movie more okay i've got a bit of a hot take um i do not necessarily think this is the better movie than christmas vacation i also am not even sure if it's necessarily funnier than christmas vacation yeah. like as a whole but i think there are individual moments of this movie that wipe the floor with Christmas Vacation. For instance, you mentioned Chevy Chase's rant. This one is way better. Uh, the, I, 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 I love the hallelujah, holy shit, where's the Tylenol River? But yeah, that's a PG-13 rated movie. It's, it's cool that it was still in a time where you could sneak in a little bit of more vulgarity. And it's also cool that that movie dialed it back a little to make it more accessible for family audience, especially for a Christmas movie. It's turned into a deserved Christmas classic. I love that you can sit around and watch that movie with your family and adults aren't super fucking bored because it's just a, you know, G rated cartoon for the the kids or whatever. I, I, I really respect Christmas vacation for becoming, or, or maybe I respect audiences for making it a, a, a thing that we can all watch and I don't have to claw my eyes out because it sucks and, you know, whatever else at, at the holidays. <laughs> uh, you know, prior, prior to the kids being old enough to watch Die Hard and Lethal Weapons. Right, right. right. But that all said, um, I think Vacation is a little more hit or miss. Christmas Vacation is like a tighter movie, but I think the the funny stuff in Vacation is way funnier than sort of the the family kind of cartoony stuff in in Christmas, Christmas vacation. vacation. Yes, I agree with that. If totally. that makes sense. Right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Right, the laughs in Christmas Vacation come from family goofball shenanigans, and, and this one too. Like Chevy Chase is obviously a 
a deadpan uh, sort of Pratt folly guy. And, and so you see some of that stuff in here, but um, this movie's a bit harder edged, you know, there's, there's some nudity in there. It's a much more of a, a true national lampoons movie. Whereas Christmas vacation is kind of a studio movie with that slapped national lampoons on there because the producers needed their, Exactly. <laughs> for being the ones who came up with this thing. You know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I guess we're not fighting again tonight, Peter. <laughs> dirty son of a bitch. I was ready. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ron. I, I I go into these movies really open-minded, and I just say I try yeah, and... That's good. Yeah. And... Me too. I, I was wondering, like, if I was going to hate this one. I was like, oh, you know, maybe... maybe yeah, this... I've been sitting here building this up in my head all these years and uh, maybe it's going to yeah. just suck. And, and there were times where I was kind of like, eh, this is not that great, but then that would be followed up by some scene or, or even just a line or, or whatever it is. And Chevy Chase is so good in this movie. He I mean, is. Even if you don't. Yes. Yeah. He is just, uh, yeah, this was his, his, uh, his pocket these couple years <laughs> yeah. between Caddyshack and this. And uh, he, he was really just on and, if we ever want to fight, Ron, we could we could do a Caddyshack episode. But what if I ended Caddyshack? up watching it? Yeah. What if you I actually have to watch it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and not go fifteen <laughs> minutes and turn it off. <laughs> watching it helps. Yeah, I mean, look, look, Peter, look at all these shitty movies we've sat through. You really think Caddyshack is where you're going to be like, oh, I can't get fifteen minutes into it, but you'll watch, you know, Porky's Two. True. Oh, come on. <laughs> true. It's true. I just need to watch it. I. For those who haven't listened before, I do I have, do not like Caddyshack, but I've only watched 15 minutes of it, and that is through two times well, trying. For those who haven't <laughs> listened before, it's one of my top 20 movies of all time. So, exactly in terms of comedy, it's top five. I mean, like God, I don't, I don't know. I, there there are a few movies I like more than Caddyshack, but comedies. Yeah, and. Yeah, and that's fair. That's not fair. Like, that's just my wheelhouse. That's, like, my type of comedy. And, and Chase in that movie, again, is, like, he's my favorite. A lot of people will go Rodney Dangerfield or even Ted Knight or something. Um, I I think Chevy is just so on in that. And I know there's a lot of, uh, you know, Chevy's an asshole and he's a sure. whatever else. But um, but in this... I mean, in this taking these performances on there, like... yeah. Well, even in this in this era, I think he was considering it. Like Saturday Night Live, he was considering. He it, was, yeah, he was. Just didn't like him. Yeah, and, he had been that's in a, probably fair and correct. Yeah, but, he had been in a fist I, fight I, with I, Bill Murray at this point. Like there was just there yeah. was animosity. There's people that didn't like him. Uh, he was going to be who he was going to be. It probably got more more traction in the 2000s when, uh, or you know, 2010s when he did community but then it would start then you'd hear people saying oh he was this way in this movie and he was this way in this movie and this is nothing new well yeah he's fucking great in community too and uh he's great in a lot of shitty movies that uh people don't really give him credit for i like memoirs and invisible man for instance i like uh cops and robertson's although i won't really go to the mat for that movie but (laughs) i think chevy is um you know one of our are better comedic actors and and he he picked a lot of dumb projects bad shit and i think he was just kind of cashing paychecks after a while but you know even if you discount his classic run of say caddyshack vacation fletch 
Um, yeah. I think some people would put spies like us in there. Uh, even if you get rid of all that, I think he's a good actor, even in a lot of his his lesser movies. And I think he's kind of underrated. And I, I'm sure he's a pain in the ass to deal with. I know he's kind of this rich kid. Isn't he a heir to some um, large... I don't remember what it was. I should have looked it up before we started talking about this, but he's got, he's got like uh, money coming in from some, sure. like his family is uh like the Vanderbilts or some shit. Okay. I'll ramble about Chevy <laughs> for a second. Uh, he's got great sure, comedic timing. I've never seen Fletch. Um, never appealed to me, but I heard it's funny. I've never seen, obviously Fletch lives, but that one looked even worse than the, than Fletch. Never saw Cops and Robertsons, never saw Memoirs of, ugh, Memoirs of an Invisible Man. But I thought of you when I was watching it today, because I was like, I knew you liked that one. I knew you liked Cops and Robertsons. Uh, but like when I... Oh. Well, I didn't, I didn't like love Cops and Robertsons. No, 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 no. I, but, yeah, you know, I, yeah, but it, you liked it, right? It was good enough, right? It's That's Jack um, Palance, I mean, right? honestly, I, I saw it. Yeah, and I saw it a handful of times. Robert Davi is like a killer in there. I saw okay. it a handful of times in, in you know ninety four whenever it was released. I was sixteen years old. I was like, this is beneath me. I'm sixteen. I'm I'm watching better stuff. But you know what? Me and like three friends can laugh at this shit on a sure. you know fucking Saturday night when we're yep. drinking bad whiskey that we stole from our grandpa's <laughs> basement or you know, whatever. It's like, yeah, I get it. I the, yeah. My Chevy Chase uh, movie dumb is pretty much funny farm christmas vacation and national lampoons vacation when i think about it in terms of movies like nothing's coming to mind besides that that i've even seen and that's yeah that's pretty meager I, me, I, me neither i mean here's here's the weird thing about chevy chase like i did not see a lot of his movies i, I think i knew about caddyshack i knew him in the fucking uh, uh paul simon video for you can yeah. call me l where i thought I thought since he was singing, he was Paul Simon. Because I mean, let's let's be frank. I was like seven years old when that came out, and I had no yeah. idea who Paul Simon was or Simon and Garfunkel or anything. And I remember, you know, he he's he's singing in the video, and I yeah. was like saying to my mom, like, "Oh, that's Paul Simon." She's like, "No, that's Chevy Chase." And I'm like, "Why is Chevy Chase <laughs> singing this song?" You know, or whatever it was. So anyway, that's I a, have a, that's a I, uh, no, that's all right. I have a story about this actually, which is kind of funny because it has sure. literally nothing to do with. Uh, with any movies done, but yesterday we we're driving home from my. We had a family gathering yesterday with my. It was my brother's birthday. We were driving home. We have Sirius XM, and uh, there was a. Uh, you can call me Al came on, and and Mrs. Cook, what Mrs. Peter was, <laughs> like you know she's like wasn't this wasn't Chevy Chase in this video, and he's like stealing the spotlight or whatever and she ended up right. watching the whole video as you know because i was driving she was in the passenger seat she's watching the video and and laughing at chevy chase and i'm like that's so weird because i had never yeah. put two and two together about the movie we were doing and <laughs> that video she, yeah. slaps that's a great yeah. video and i yeah. love that song even the song's it's good yeah out, but i mean if you yeah. if you listen to that song, all the different shit going on, that, that whole album actually, yeah. Paul Simon's Graceland. It, I Graceland, think it was, uh, oh yeah, that's Grammy in '86 or whatever. Yep, yeah, that's the for all its, like world sounds and stuff. Yep, I think it's really, I think it's a really one great album song. 
But that's like the, that's like the big, you know, that's the pop hit off the album or whatever. But even in that one song, you hear all this crazy bass and drums, and it's just like they he found a way to make this uh, accessible pop hit yep. out of all these uh, sort of African and uh, yep. you know world beat sounds, and um, that's crazy. So and and Paul Simon is another guy who's supposed to be kind of a piece of shit in real life. I read the um, Saturday Night Live, uh, the like the the true history or the oral history of Saturday Night Live. There's this book. It's like I don't know, 600 pages. And I read it about a year ago and it's just, uh, it's just different people. Just, you know, it'll say like Chevy Chase and it gives a paragraph and then it'll say like Bill Murray in a paragraph. And, and okay. it's just an oral history and, it, and it's yeah. done in chronological order. Uh, so it addresses stuff like Chris Farley's death or Jim Belushi's death or whatever. And, but it, it's not, there's no narrative. There's no, like, I'm, I, I'm reading a paragraph and then there's a quote from a guy. And then it's just, it's literally just a, a script of these guys talking and, um, yeah, a lot of people didn't like Chevy Chase. A lot of people don't like Paul Simon. Um, a lot of people don't like a lot of people. Um, the book is not great in terms of a lot of dirt you probably haven't heard about. It's not super enlightening. Sure. Like all the famous stories have sort of been told. The Chris Farley stuff, there's no major enlightening watershed thing. We're like, oh, that's why this happened. But yeah. Uh, it's it's good it's good as like i said an oral history of just uh listening to all these different people talk about things and getting you know even people like chevy to kind of comment on stuff like the, the the fight with him and bill murray and whatever else but but again there's no real light shit on it. they're just like yeah we just uh got tired of each other or, like he didn't like my attitude and i didn't like his so it you know came to blows one night or yeah or whatever and, and yeah a lot of people don't like chevy but um you know i I don't know. I, I wasn't a cast member with him on Saturday Night Live. I just know that I like his, sure. his Yeah, exactly. And yeah. And, uh... and you know, and and like I said, this this is a this is a good indication of who he was about to become. I don't know I don't know if he did many movies before this, but this had to have been one of his first leading roles and it's it's very well cast. Uh besides bill or besides chevy but chevy is like he's so like he's so good at the deadpan he's so good at the you know he's so good at the the physical humor he's so good at just being a complete doofus sometimes uh it makes me want to watch more of his movies i will tell you that i like yeah like i said funny farm is probably one of the only movies besides vacation or christmas or vegas vacation that i've ever seen which by the way yeah uh, ron and peter march of 1997 saw vegas vacation in the theaters together <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah i think it was a sunday or something yeah <laughs> at the ridge well peter uh two things um number one he was an heir to the folgers family so i think that's where oh his, his okay comes from I could go through his whole like early life and blah blah blah, but I think the bottom line is that's where. Um, but yeah, he he was a you know a, a rich kid and kind of uh, went to a lot of uh, upper crust schools, if you will. Uh, he attended Harvard during the '62 to '63 term. Oh wow! Um, yeah, and that's how. So he he's got to be de- he's got to be in his 80s now, hey? Yeah, he's getting pretty old. Yep. Um. He, uh, during a 2009 interview on the Today Show, he was ostensibly verified, uh, or he ostensibly verified the oft-publicized urban legend that he was expelled 
for harboring a cow in his first floor room. Fourth floor room. <laughs> Although a former roommate, David Fellerson, asserted in a 2000 interview that Chase left for academic reasons. Um, he, I guess, wanted to go to medical school, but he did not enter medical school, which meant he was subject to the military draft. He was not drafted, but he uh, said he convinced his draft board he deserved a 4F classification by falsely claiming, among other things, that he had homosexual tendencies. Oh, jeez. Played drums in a college <laughs> band, the Leather Cannery, headed by school friends Walter Becker and Donald Fagan, who... Well, from know, Steely, Steely... Yeah. Dinner. Okay. Yeah. Chase called the group a bad jazz band. Becker and Fagan later founded the successful group Steely Dan. Chase uh, has pitch or has perfect pitch. He played drums and keyboards for a rock band called Shemelon Church. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, whatever. I mean, we can go all day. Yeah. But you were you were questioning what movies he made before this. Well, uh, Foul Play I think is a big one from '78. Oh yeah, I believe that's with Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn. Yep. Uh, you got Old Heavenly Dog that same year. 1980 is Caddyshack. Um, there's also Seems Like Old Times in 80. Under the Rainbow in 81. Modern Problems in 81. And then 83 is National Lampoon's Vacation. And Deal of the Century. In 85, he does Fletch. European yeah. Vacation. Spies and then he does like us, Three Amigos. Three Amigos. Yeah. I want House Trip. Funny Farm. Caddyshack 2. 89, Fletch Lives, Vacation, or Christmas Vacation. Uh, and then things start to get kind of weird in the 90s with Nothing But Trouble and Memoirs of an Invisible Man and, you know, Cops and Robertsons, stuff like that. So yeah. he, he really just ki- kind of came on hot, had a good decade, maybe not even, and then kind of flamed yeah. out. And he's been just sort of up and down ever since. He has like a good role, like community, and then a, another bad thing, and then he disappears for a while. and. It's just, I don't know. He's a weird, a weird cat. And I, and I should say, I three amigos. I, I kind of glossed over that, but that's, that's probably the movie. I besides Christmas Vacation, Three Amigos is probably the one I've seen the most. Besides that, uh, and I, I love him in that. He's super funny. He has some very good lines in that. But that, you know, that that comes back to our John Landis and. I think John Landis and yeah. Chevy Chase were a great mix. They wanted Chevy Chase in um, in Animal House as uh, as Otter, but they thought he was too yeah. old for the role because he was already thirty something at that time. So they, I think he was like thirty two or thirty three or something. But he, uh, they wanted him and Dan Aykroyd in in Animal House, but then they decided they were just too old or you know. For yeah. whatever reasons, but anyway, uh, yeah, Three Amigos is definitely a good, uh, a good Chevy Chase role too. It, yeah, I, I mean, I love love that yeah. movie, and, and frankly, when I think back to my childhood exposure of Chevy Chase, I think that's probably the one up until Christmas Vacation yeah. that. And I saw Fletch, and I saw Fletch Lives, and I, I saw some of his other Funny Farm. I saw. Yeah, me too. I'm a fan um, of that. Did you like Fletch? By the way, I wanted to. I think I wanted to ask you that. I do like okay. Fletch. I think it's a. If you want, like, a sort of sarcastic, sardonic, like, this guy thinks he's just better than everyone. I mean, it's Chevy Chase playing mm-hmm. Chevy Chase, let's be real. 
Uh, just just a quick-witted, let me say all this shit and you don't even catch that I'm mocking you type performance. Sure. That's a, that's a, that's a good one. Fletch Lives, I, I liked because I was 10 when it came out, but I don't think that one holds up as well. It's definitely not as well-regarded, but... I haven't seen either one of them in a long time. I watched the new Fletch with, uh, it's called Fletch. Uh... Oh yeah, that's right. Shit. I forget what it's called. It's like I Fletch or yeah. something like that, but it's with, um, uh, madman guy. Um, uh, fuck, what's his John name? Hamm? Um, John Hamm. Yeah. Yep. He plays Fletch. That's right. I do remember that. Yeah. That was probably yeah. what? 10, 12 years ago or so. No, it was like last year. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, it was like a, it was like an Amazon. Oh no, it was an Amazon movie. I think it went to theaters and stuff, but it was you know very limited. Sure. Release, but I watched it on Prime or something. Okay. Like that, but, but yeah, that was good. There was a long gestating thing where uh, Kevin Smith was going to do a Fletch movie called Fletch One W O N, and I don't know if it was going to be like a prequel. I, I don't know if Chase was supposed to be in it, but it was. And it was based off the see the Fletch book or the Fletch movies are based on these novels that I guess a lot of people are just like listen these movies aren't really like the novels oh it's really okay like that. and I think Kevin Smith was supposed to do that for a long time in the early two thousands yeah. or whatever and then he it just never got off the ground and so I don't know if this one with John Hamm is supposed to be a little more indicative of the novel it's a little less silly than yeah. the Chevy Chase ones it's a little less deadpan uh fletch is still a very sarcastic character there's still a lot of funny stuff in it so i do get the sense that it's not just a it's not trying to be the the chevy chase fletch movies and it's probably more inspired by the books but sure um at any rate i i don't know i never read any of the books and i i don't really know the whole history of the john ham fletch but it's it's not a bad movie and and actually if you've never seen them i i would say watch all three of them watch the the first one, watch Fletch Lives, and then watch the okay. John Ham one, and see where you come down on it as a forty-something-year-old yeah. yeah. all these years later. But yeah, absolutely. But I think Fletch is pretty good. So. Anyway, back to this movie called National Lampoon's Vacation. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we have a uh, we have no. I, I'm glad we're talking about Chevy. I love Chevy. I I don't know. Like maybe he's a total fucking asshole. Like I'm not sure, but. Uh, yeah. He, he's 79 years old. We were saying he's pushing 80. He was born in 43, October. So he'll be 80 this year on October 8th. Wow. Which, no better time Chevy to... Ch- yeah. Chevy Chase at 80 yeah. years old. Holy crap, dude. That is... <laughs> that's wild to think about. Yeah, let's get back to this movie, because I think this movie kind of rules. I, I was watching it, and I was a little bit like, eh, maybe it's not that funny. As this movie goes along, it gets funnier and funnier. Yeah. And, uh, Absolutely. Culminating in Chase just snapping and uh yeah. that those are the best scenes of the movie i really really like chasing yeah. this thing and, and i like beverly d'angelo i like um the kids not kevin peter hall anthony michael anthony hall. yeah the, yeah yeah dana baron and anthony michael hall uh him especially like he you could tell that he he's got the uh and i know you're not a big fan of breakfast club but he's he's definitely got the chops that you can tell like he's He's very natural. Oh, yeah. No, he was he was an up and comer yeah. at the at the time. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, um, and then Jane uh, Kroslowski or whatever is yeah. in here. Is that how you're saying? Kirkowski, I think. Kirkowski. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's the uh, she's the cousin. We the uh, Eddie's wife was just in Mr. Mom also. By the way, 
She was one of the sure, uh, yeah. she was one of the neighbor ladies that plays poker with Michael Keaton and Mr. Mom. It's so weird that these movies, both written by John Hughes, came out two weeks apart. Like, you know, you have the yeah. uh, you have your that just gives you an idea how prolific some of these guys. Oh are. yeah, absolutely. Yep. That's crazy. These guys ran. These guys ran the eighties damn near. I mean, even Chase to to an extent, but like. Anthony Michael Hall was in a shit ton of movies. John Hughes obviously did. Harold Ramis, who directs this movie, does you know obviously ended up yep. not only as an actor but as a as a director. I did read that his uh, his daughter has a cameo as the as the as the girl who was born without a tongue. His his little daughter was probably <laughs> yeah. about six years old. Uh, <laughs> she's born without well, a tongue. Uh, but they, yeah, that's Harold Ramis's daughter in that in a little cameo in that movie, which I thought was kind of sweet. Yeah. So Caddyshack, he directs. Okay. Okay. National yep. Lampoon's Vacation. Three years later. Yep. Um, and then there's something called Club Paradise in '86. And then he does nothing till Groundhog Day. Wow. Okay. And in '95, he does Stuart Lives, and then he does or Stuart Saves His Family. Sorry, that's the Stuart Smalley fucking thing is that a baby then in 96 he does multiplicity which is a great oh, movie, oh. But, uh, not a hit <laughs> yeah i i only have one problem with that uh, movie that was so distracting that i need to try and rewatch the, it, the special effect it's the it's the yeah the pan and scan that yeah there's don't not, watch it on pan and scan. that's my thing too yeah i remember buying that on vhs and i was like this movie looks so goddamn annoying yes. but i finally got the widescreen okay. you know dvd yeah. it's it's way that's better. where i yeah. need to see it because it was so uh, distracting and it was just not good on vhs it was it was probably a year after it came out i rented it and watched it and i could not stand yeah. the yeah well, and part of the problem with that, too, is Columbia. It was Columbia TriStar who made that movie. They also did In the Line of Fire, and I remember buying that movie on VHS for yeah. the first time in, in 93. It's the same thing. A lot of this literal just mo- artificial movement, like, it did not look like this in the yeah. theater. Same with Multiplicity. It did not look that bad. And um, that, yes, that is the pan and scan. Do you remember when I gave you like the first widescreen movie? I'm like... But I think it was like Die Hard 2 or it something. Was, it was. Like the, watches you yeah. and fucking stupid bars. And I'm like, yeah, but it looks cool, right? And you're like, yeah, just just like there was an explosion or whatever. And I'm like, but you don't understand that it, it's not you're like capturing the whole it scene. It doesn't sandwich yeah. the image. Yeah. or Yeah. So I don't know if you remember when we were kids, it, especially Die Hard is a perfect example of this where everybody looks kind of smushed, skinnier like yeah figures yep like skinnier, faces yep. are like elongated they're slimmed down yeah, yep. they're trying to fit the whole frame into a, which is yeah, what exactly. i want yes. and then when i <laughs> yeah right <laughs> which is why when i first watched die hard and widescreen i was like oh man this is mm-hmm. a whole different thing and then yeah. i hated you know, wide people screen. just didn't get it yeah well but well because the problem was though in the time of still square tvs it was much more small right yeah, you were just watching it on this little screen. rectangle yes. bar yeah yeah so yep. so it makes sense why people didn't like it but i swear to god peter i still remember being in like best buy in i don't know 2003 or something and there's still parents who are like does that say full screen make sure you get the full screen version they still don't understand in the age of i'm assuming yeah <laughs> you know rectangle tvs yeah 
that you do not need or want the full I, yeah. screen version of something. Like you're losing all of that shit. I can thankfully say that was not that. They're me. Just like, yeah. They're just like, I just don't like the black I bars on like top yeah. and bottom. Like I'm missing right. the screen. Like, are you fucking crazy? Right. At least huh. for me, it was and, in like 1993 and, or 94 that I got over this issue. Whereas some people in 2004 right. were... But, don't these idiots realize you would rather not see your screen going like this and people like all smushed together? Or would you rather just have some black bars at the top and bottom? Yeah. Like, ugh. <laughs> just, yeah. And you try to explain it to me. There's like, I don't know. I just, I like what I like. And I don't <laughs> yeah. like change. Watch the scene in Die Hard 2 with the, with the, where he ejects out of the airplane in widescreen and tell me that doesn't look a thousand yeah. times better than if you do it in full screen. It's, you gotta have that. Right. But, but, yeah, but even forget that. Like what you're talking about with multiplicity, it's like you, oh, you the don't have this weird, shit. like yeah. quirky, jerky movement. Yeah, oh, it's so distracting, dude. Work. Yeah, it was bad as shit, and they were like proud of it. You know, it's funny. Yeah, well, yeah, they're like, oh, we did this for mm-hmm. you, you fucking square TV viewers. I remember uh, watching a Siskel and Ebert episode where they kind of explained it because this was before uh, I had a widescreen TV. It's before I even bought a widescreen video. I was like. I was like you. I was like, oh, I just I, I want the shit that fits my yep. screen. Like I want it to look the way I'm used to it looking. But they they broke it down and they were just like, listen, here's what it looks like. And they showed a side by side comparison. And they showed how the pan and scan moves like this. Mm-hmm. And they showed how if it doesn't have pan and scan, it just literally crops off half the image yep. and you're missing like all these people on the other side and then they showed how in action scenes like the explosion or river just like kind of fills your screen instead of having the, these like layers yep. and it was, I, I was just like okay that's it and then this was right around the time where uh vhs has started having widescreen vhs so because that was normally the only thing you get on like laser disc back before DVDs oh were yeah thing. so yeah. it's either you either had VHS with full screen or you had to go buy like a laser disc player and get laser disc. And then you could get widescreen on your fancy TVs, which still weren't even rectangle at that point. There were still squares, but you just bought maybe like a 50 inch and you'd watch the, the rectangle in like 30 inches yep. or something. So what, whatever. Uh, anyway, I finally said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm still watching movies on a 13 inch TV or a 21 inch TV or whatever it is, but I want to see these movies the way they were supposed to be. And I was a very early proponent of, uh, the the widescreen, yep. and as usual, people finally fell in line. But I just think back to these people I see in stores, and they're just like, "Don't get the widescreen. We don't want the we don't want the cut off picture." And I'm just like, "Oh, yeah, you're watching oh, a more right, you're watching a Walmart ass version of a movie, <laughs> like." Yeah, you're just robbing. Well, you're also watching it move around uh-huh. in weird yeah. ways that aren't right. And like you said, it ruins a movie for mm-hmm. you. Yes, you are correct. The pan and scan of multiplicity is utter shit. It robbed me of every part of that experience. So, like, I, I need to see it as a movie as opposed to the version I saw on VHS yeah. in 1997 or whatever the fuck. Um, but yeah. it, going, I agree. Going back to Ramus, add it to the list for the bonus episode. Yes, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> going back to Ramus, yeah, he going, yeah, going back to him. He did not direct that many movies. However, he has been the writer on a whole bunch of shit. Yeah. What uh, some some ones that we don't think about, or any ones that like, if you got his resume pulled well, here, up. Here, let me finish off his. Yeah, let me finish off his director okay. filmography because, okay, I mentioned Vacation, Groundhog Day, and then there's Stewart Saves His Family, Multiplicity, Analyze This, wow. Bedazzled, Analyze That, 
the ice harvest i think is a little underrated and then he did year one in 09 which i think was his last directorial he directed that with jack black and yeah. Oh, oh, wait. Okay, never mind. Never mind. I'm thinking of. Uh, I do remember that he directed it. I'm thinking of the movie. With, uh, this is the end. That's what I'm thinking. Year one and this oh. is the end. <laughs> Two completely different things, but. <laughs> yeah. This is the this is the end is a fucking. Classic. Yeah, it's a wild ass <laughs> movie, dude. <laughs> yeah. Year one, not so much. Right. Jack Black and who is the other guy? Like Michael Cera, yep. maybe or something. Yeah. Yeah. They're uh, like cavemen or something. Yeah. Eskimo, yeah, Cayman, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but in terms of writer, uh, Animal House, Meatballs, Stripes, Ghostbusters, Back to School, Armed and Dangerous, Caddyshack 2, Ghostbusters 2, Rover Dangerfield. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's about it. But I'm going to say, like, you add a, that yeah. into his uh, director filmography. Yeah. That's a lot of good yeah. shit right there. He's on TV and some stuff. He's acting and shit. Yep. Um, yeah, he's in Stripes. He's in Vacation. He's in Ghostbusters. He's in Ghostbusters, yeah. Baby Boom. Ghostbusters 2, Groundhog Day, Airheads. Uh, as good as it gets. High Fidelity, Orange County. Knocked Up, Walk Hard, The Dewey Cox Story. Year One. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, he's had a pretty illustrious career. Did you... Obviously, it's mostly 80s sure. stuff, but... Uh, yeah. Did you see... Um... One of the most God, I'm so bad at this, but it was it was the most recent Ghostbusters movie where like Bill Murray and I have not okay. seen any okay. of the most recent. Like I never saw the, the. I'm waiting for I'm waiting for this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> 2050. I'm gonna watch it when I'm yeah 2059 80. when we do <laughs> Ghostbusters whatever. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm there. I think that that'll be when I watch. God it. willing, I'll be there. <laughs> It'll only have re been rebooted 18 yeah. times since then. <laughs> Anyways, there. All right, listen, do we got to talk about this movie called Vacation? Yes. Okay, sorry, you got you got a point to me. Oh, I was just going to say uh in terms of the they they do a very very sweet thing for Harold Ramis in the most recent Ghostbusters. Oh, I've yeah. heard. Yeah. I heard. I don't I don't know. I didn't hear what you it know, was. What, I just right, heard there right, was a thing. Right, I'm not going to say it either. I'll watch it at some yeah. point. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't like, I don't worship at the altar of Ghostbusters, even though that's kind of our wheelhouse sure. growing up. I, I like it fine. I've watched it with the kids. Um, I think the Bobby Brown song Ghostbusters. Oh too, yeah, is, uh, yeah. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for Prince doing the soundtrack to Batman that year, that might have been the, <laughs> yeah. the best movie jam of of that year. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't care about ghostbusters the way a lot of sure me do. yeah me like, neither i it's not a, it's not a right i didn't really think ghostbusters 2 even at age 11 was very good uh this this what did you think of ghostbusters because even yeah. that i was kind of like eh, i don't know why i liked it more as a kid than when i saw it recently but it, it's still enjoyable enough um bill murray is, oh yeah it's not yeah, bad. bill murray I mean, was i think it's it's good actually yeah. i liked it better as an adult than as a kid but Bill Murray was so very like good into that. Yeah. He has a lot of great lines in it. He's his super smarmy self, but and you know what? Chevy Chase greater than Bill Murray in my book. <laughs> At least for comedy. I don't like I know Bill Murray's had this like whole career resurgence as a dramatic sure. actor in like Woody Allen movies and shit like that. But uh, or maybe not. I don't know. But Woody Allen Best movies. movies, yeah. Uh, who's the guy? Wes Anderson. Yeah, the Wes Anderson. Yeah. He's had a like resurgence of Wes yeah. Anderson movies. And the uh, Lost in Translation uh, he was really good in. Yeah. But that's not right. the Bill Murray, Michael you know, Chevy Chase might have might have 
been able to pull that off too. Yeah. Yeah. You have an old. Well, also, keep in mind that was 20 years ago. Yep. Uh, yep. So, exactly. Which is crazy. I know. <laughs> but, I know. He's probably in his mid 50s there. Um, or early 50s. Zombieland. Oh, he's yep. got an awesome cameo in yep. that. Um, Land 2, he's actually got one in too. Is he? Just as funny. <laughs> yeah. That, what do they I think it's break him. into his house or something? Know. In Zombieland? In the first yeah. one. And I think he somehow <laughs> popped up in the new one. But. All right. So. Regardless, Harold Ramis, <laughs> good resume. Uh, I'm a, I'm obviously a huge fan of Animal House. Um, him and uh, one other person wrote that movie, and I thought they both are just so good. And that's a basis for a lot of the '80s sex comedies we do. Uh, that being said, in, in this movie, he's a he's a perfect hand. You know, there it's a it's constant jokes in this movie in vacation it's yeah you some are gonna land uh there and some i just sat there like you know that kind of didn't land right (laughs) but i like the the opening sequence where he's going to get the the car and eugene levy who who i love yes that just feels very obvious and phone right. in or whatever, but then you know you immediately get to some shit with Chase just like just coming <laughs> home and deadpanning to his wife. Yeah, yeah. Like, this isn't the car I want. I just I changed my mind. Yeah, it's just yeah, or a spineless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was a sign for me that this was already Chase, Chase cannot admit any wrongdoing. Yeah. <laughs> He's just such a fucking 1950s style, you right. know, leave it to Beaver, yeah. Ward Cleaver alpha male dad and it's just and and but but at the heart of all this and this is the same thing with all of these movies he all he wants to do is like do something special with his family make memories stuff like that and that's that's the thing that kind of holds this movie together because he's not just a you know a lot of movies get this wrong where they're just like make this guy obnoxious and an asshole Uh, there's a remake of this movie with ed helm yes which is um, not good and I, i i think this no, actually, I think that movie's pretty fucking Is it? funny. You I, like it? I, my okay. original review, which I, I I wrote this on, and I only know it because it comes up in my memories every year, thanks to fucking Facebook. Yeah. But it's like, I was like, this movie is pointless and dumb as it has no reasoning to exist. Dot dot dot. I laugh my ass off. <laughs> okay. Like I still. Yeah. I they still found ways to to make the formula funny. Like it's it's not good on the face of it, but I still found things to enjoy about it and yes you can still wring comedy out of people going on a trip and encountering a bunch of like weird shit yeah you know cross country and the dad being a completely clueless dork who's just like and at the end of the day if it has this heart of i'm just doing it for my family yep. i just want to make sure we're all you know having having a good time and this is what my parents did for me whatever there's that that keeps it grounded and, and, and you know we talk about a movie like private school where there, there's none of this heart or or anything you can latch yourself onto because it's so fucking far removed from reality. At least a movie like Vacation, you can go, okay, well, maybe you have this this Americana dad who just wants what's best for his kids, and he's a he's a total dork, and yeah, uh, you know, he's still attracted to the blonde and the Ferrari from when he was you know sixteen sure. or or whatever, and. And he tries to play it off like Beverly D'Angelo is, you know, she's like asleep in the seat, and he's just like, right, still trying to flirt with her. It's just so fucking funny. Yeah. 
God. Yeah, the 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 things that but, they. But that wait that that brings me to a hold on sorry no, you're good. but that you're brings good. me to a problem this movie whereas like then they they do that but then they also have to also have that scene at the hotel where he runs into her and she's just All some right. girl who's like super into him which that doesn't really track right. it's like there there is a sense that this movie doesn't really know how to like stay in the pocket of uh, reality and it's just gonna do a bunch of outlandish yes constantly funny yeah and that's the least funny stuff right uh i think it's more funny when it's what would you do like when the the aunt died when your aunt died when your aunt what are you gonna do with her yes (laughs) yes that to me that is that is like like, i don't want to ride in a car with her yeah and they're like well let's put her on the roof yeah but then they like sit her up and she's like riding through town like in the pouring rain (laughs) yes she's sitting yeah great scene it it, it gets a laugh because it's it's crazy but at the same time like like that it yeah right it the movie does go a little sure far i guess yeah but it's just, uh, it's kind of in keeping with what they ended up doing with the franchise. They never, again, I've never seen European Vacation. Have you seen it? Oh yeah. Okay. Is it where? Oh, yeah. do, where do you where do you rate that one real quick amongst the others? Four stars. <laughs> Best movie. <laughs> Fuck Citizen Kane. <laughs> yeah it's basically the best american movie yeah. of all time <laughs> okay no no it's it's also dumb like these movies are diminishing returns then it gets a like a slight uptick with christmas vacation just because yeah that movie's kind of lightning in a bottle in a weird way like yeah. i think it it's not if, if you were to sit down and think about it it's still just a a dumb comedy with a lot sure. of dumb shit in it it's probably not great film critically speaking but exactly but you're they right. had it's it's a it's a family classic. Yeah. Everybody likes it. Everybody can enjoy it. It's not super vulgar or whatever. Yeah. These first two are more of the National Lampoon um, stock and trade, if you will. Yeah. And and European is not it does not hold together as well as the first one. It feels a little more like, oh, this one worked, so let's just do more of that. And yes, to some degree, some of that's funny. There's a little more, it's got a little more edge, a little more nudity, a little more of these things that you're like, Oh wow. It's, it's crazy. They went this route. Yeah. Um, but it's not a, it's not like a, a great movie. It's a, it's a funny comedy. Um, but yeah, I think you got vacation and you got Christmas vacation. And then these other two sort of kind of wobble on the, on the line a little bit. To, yeah. To whichever one you like, next to those but yeah I, like i said i don't want to i feel a little bit absent in terms of not having seen that one if i'm gonna sit here and talk so much about christmas vacation but i do feel that christmas vacation has cousin eddie in it too and and it's a it's a much yeah. more fully realized cousin eddie it's you know it, it's got more dumb one-liners from him and uh, and Clark. Well, keep is... in mind, uh, he has his own film. Yes, in he does. Christmas Vacation too. Yeah, he does. I've never seen that. Have you ever seen that? No, I have not. Uh, there's a uh, cabin that I stay at every summer, and they have the DVD there, and I have not once popped it in, even out of curiosity. Oh, you just fucking watch it. <laughs> Maybe I'll you do should. that this year. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't feel like That's it's going to be funny that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's not going to be good, but right. I mean, you know, they got it. Whatever. Like I said, the vacation remake isn't nearly as bad as you would think. I mean, it, it it's, 
I don't know. It's not a patch on any of these other movies, but um, it has its own thing that does kind of the same sort of stuff. It, it's pretty well done. Yeah. I'll, I think uh, I think Vacation, the new one, the Ed Helms one's on HBO, so I'd, I'd like to check it out. Yeah. I'd say check it out. Like, again, if you're sitting there going, like, is this going to be a comedy classic on the lines of Vacation? No, probably not, but right. it's a fine... Oh sure, yeah. That you could expect in that. By the way, one of my favorite scenes in this vacation is. By the way, this movie we're talking about, National Lampoon's Vacation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> one of my favorite scenes in it is uh, where they they take that stupid off ramp, and he's like, "What's the difference? As long as you get across the Mississippi." And then they drive through the that kind of like ghetto neighborhood, St. Like, Louis. Hey, yeah. Like, Look, kids, plate. <laughs> kids enjoying all the plate. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the uh, the St. Louis scenes are pretty fucking funny. <laughs> Where they're they're jacking the rims off his car, like right right, as, yeah. and they kind of walk below the the door. <laughs> yep. And, it, and the guy's like, now listen, here's what you do. You go down and you see my man down the end of the street. And like, yeah. You know, he's going to tell you the best way to get on there. Because I don't know shit about this neighborhood. <laughs> that's after they make him pay him you yeah, know, $10. The guy behind him's right. cracking up at the whole thing that he's saying. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, the, oh. I mean, generally it's, it's him and his family trying to go to Wally World, which is essentially like a Disney World, I think. I read that originally they were yeah they literally called it that yeah, in the script they had right to come up with a different name yeah yeah and Roy Roy Wally or whatever was a, a, a Walt Disney riff on yeah. Disney, yeah Eddie Bracken by the way was your Roy Wally <laughs> Oscar baby <laughs> he was also in Home Alone two which is what Ron unfortunately has to watch Not as good as yeah. Oscar yeah. <laughs> I've seen Home Alone 2 a bunch. In fact, when I was younger, as much as I was like, I'm not a Home Alone guy, yeah. I watched those two movies a lot. Yeah. Like, I, I had them. On, I, I think I got them as like gifts. People were just like, oh, you're you're a kid in 1990. You must watch these movies. And <laughs> right. They gave them to me. And, and I did. I, I watched them quite a bit. And I enjoyed them, uh, even though I thought I was too cool for them at that point. But. <laughs> But yeah, Eddie Bracken, I I know from Oscar. Uh, oh, is he? Is that why you said Oscar? I'm sorry, <laughs> I didn't even put two and two together. I need to watch Oscar again. Is also just shouting out the yeah. word Oscar. <laughs> no, when I said Home Alone two, you're like, here's what, yeah, you're like, it's not Oscar. I'm like, wait, are we comparing the two, right. or is he actually in it? <laughs> no, it's because he's okay. In it. Uh, well, here's what I'm saying. We should do a Oscar. Well. Next year, Johnny Dangerously comes out, and I think Oscar and Johnny Dangerously are good yep. bedfellows. Yep. And I think that's when we should do those. I'm things. in. I've I always loved Oscar for its. Uh... Wait, did we say that's a Ramus? God damn, it's so good. Is that a Ramus movie? Did we decide? Uh, Landis. Oh, Landis. That's right. That's right. I have to apologize. I do get them mixed up. Not not necessarily by looks, but just by. Because you know, no, their names yeah. sound and Ramus wrote, yeah, Ramus wrote Animal House and Landis directed it. So, yeah, yeah, they have some crossover. Yeah, yeah that's a that's a fair thing. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yes, yeah, so I'm definitely down for an Oscar rewatch and revisit for sure because it's been a long time. I think uh, I think Landis greater than Ramus. Yes, yes, absolutely. 
especially in terms of just filmography, yep. like director yep. filmography. Yeah. Despite uh, despite murdering two children, his uh his uh cinematography, yeah, his I mean, discography, filmography. Ask. Yeah, not discography. <laughs> his filmography is a, a bit stronger than Ramis for sure. I think Landis and uh Ramis are took their two filmographies like you'd have a pretty good john hughes is another one like i don't know if you, how much stuff he actually directed right well but, yeah there's a ton uh, between both he he wrote a lot of movies yeah. that he didn't direct which we've already right. covered two weeks in a row but beyond that the next three yeah. years after that he was damn near everywhere in hollywood with either writing or directing i mean he probably either wrote and or directed six movies in the next three or four years, something, something like that. Like he was just, he was pumping yeah. them out. So I would, I would say, I would say him, uh, Ramis and, and Landis, uh, and Landis are kind of, they sort of like jockey around for, yeah. Like okay, here, here's uh, John Hughes's. Uh, filmography now some of this is writer some of his director so he 82 he writes and produces national lampoon's class reunion okay he writes mr mom he writes national lampoon's vacation he writes and directs 16 candles he writes and directs the breakfast club he writes european vacation wow he writes and directs weird science he writes and directs uh, well he he writes pretty in pink he writes and directs Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He writes some kind of wonderful. He writes and directs Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. He writes and directs She's Having a Baby. He writes The Great Outdoors. He writes and directs Uncle Buck. He writes National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. He writes Home Alone. He writes Career Opportunities. Dude. He uh, Dutch writes Dutch. Yes. <laughs> he writes and directs Curly Sue. Yeah. He writes Beethoven. He writes Home Alone 2. He writes Tennis the Menace. He writes Baby's Day Out. He writes Miracle on 34th Street. He writes uh, 101 Dalmatians. He writes Flubber. He writes Home Alone 3. He writes uh, fucking, I don't know, Reach the Rock, Just Visiting. Uh, fucking yeah. so shit I've never even heard of. For a good 12 a years there. Made in Manhattan and Drillbutt Taylor. Okay, oh, Drillbutt Taylor. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm just saying, you take John Hughes, uh-huh. you take uh, 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 Harold Ramis, yep. and you take, who's the other John one? John Landis. The one I said is the best. Landis? Yep. 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 You got these three guys in a blender, and they're gonna churn out the best movies of the '80s and, and even '90s, yep. comedy-wise. Oh, absolutely. And and honestly, I don't love John Hughes because I'm also I'm always the kind of guys like I don't give a fuck about the Breakfast Club or Sixteen Candles yeah. or all that shit. Pretty in Pink, some kind of wonderful. But like, this is a pretty impressive fucking resume, and most of it's writing. So yeah, yeah. let him write shit. Let John Landis direct shit. Yep. And, um, you know, who's the other guy? Ramus. <laughs> Ramus. Yep. I, I don't know. We can probably do that with Ramus, but. <laughs> After, <laughs> upon further review, it's. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I feel like, I feel like, uh, Hughes and Landis. Oh yeah. You they're know, the biggest. And Ramus kind of yeah. split. They split the vote with, uh, Ramus. Yeah. So. Yeah. I totally agree. Did you ever see some uh, kind of wonderful? Yeah, sure, probably. Okay, I probably I always liked I that know. movie in terms, at least of the. Uh, I don't. I don't like Pretty in Pink. I 
she's having a baby is all right. It's not, it's not great. Um, but yeah, like there is that, that mid there after he was doing the teen stuff, you, you know, well, I guess pretty in pink, but you know what I'm saying? Like after breakfast club, he started doing kind of sometimes more adult oriented, but still, still kind of the same genre of movies, but there's an, that's an interesting time. Cause like you said, like great outdoors. I, I've seen it, but I don't, it doesn't feel like a John Hughes movie, but I guess it does. Cause it's John Candy. It's, you know, it's like uncle buck. Basically it's, I got, yeah, I, I went to Michigan a couple of years ago and got super high and watched the great outdoors. It's, uh, it's dumb. Like, yeah. I mean, it's one of these movies where a guy has to eat like a 90 ounce steak or whatever just mm-hmm. for reasons. And, and then, <laughs> You're you know, right. It, yeah, it's just, Humor ensues. Fish yeah. out of water kind of comedy. Sure. Yeah. It's no Oscar, but it's. <laughs> anyway, this movie Vacation. <laughs> Which is done. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean you're right. There's not a whole lot to say about this movie. I mean, if you've seen it, you kind of know. Like, I think its its legend is maybe a little overstated. It's it's only got a handful of scenes that are are really you know great or whatever. But Chevy is so good. the 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 whole cast is is great. I like the episodic nature of it. And by the way, this movie almost get made because uh, they were shopping it around, and people were just like, I think they initially took it to Paramount, and they were like, uh, you know, here make this movie. Like, sorry, it's just it's this like episodic thing and they're like that's what makes it good and they're like no pass it's just really? Warner brothers who also had issues with it but then Warner, there was like one guy at warner brothers who was like nope i'm gonna fight for this and they got it made and this movie made 60 something million dollars in uh 1983 bucks yeah and that would be the equivalent of like 170 whatever now and uh yeah that's i mean that's a huge fucking hit yeah. and return on your investment of 15 million bucks or whatever the budget was on this thing contracts would already be written up at this point for a sequel like you know 160 yeah yeah they would be they would be instantly trying to lock in every single cast member for right. a franchise for that kind of money and it right it, the so i thought that uh my least favorite part of the movie is Aunt Edna, except for when she passes away. And then it's actually kind of hilarious the way they all react and uh, the way the kids react. It's kind of funny at, um, at uncle Eddie's place where she like first comes out of the cabin and she's sort of like, Oh yeah. When she hands the, yeah, she hands the walk. She's to... clearly not as old as she is, which is really yes. funny. Like whoever's playing her it's just right. Like, it, it, well, that's you know, obviously thing. 30 years younger than yeah. whatever she's supposed to be. She's got these, great facial expressions and reaction shots and stuff. And I don't know. I thought she was a pretty funny character, but you're right. The, the, the trope of aunt Edna is a yeah. kind of annoying, just compromise monkey wrench thrown into the, the proceedings. Yeah. I get, I get that. Yeah. But, and I was, and I was kind of annoyed you know. by her facial reactions, but at the same time, you know, looking <laughs> at know. it in the, <laughs> looking at it in the lens. It's in of, keeping with this film. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think in, and again, I'm, I'm forgetting some of the stuff that I thought was so funny the other night, but I, I, I really, there were parts where Chase was just, you know, talking to Rusty and there were, there were other, uh, moments where, like I said, he kind of flips out and loses his shit. And I was just, 
I was pretty much on the floor. I, yeah. This movie is is really really fucking funny in a lot of spots and like i said there's some stretches where you're just like okay we're just waiting for the next thing to happen um maybe you can pick your spots to go to the bathroom or something but the 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 stuff that is good is is very is very good good. yeah yeah when Um, when you're in full clark griswold mode in this movie is is when it's working the best and and that's pretty much damn near the whole movie it's yeah, they're they when they try and do some of the gags, it doesn't always work. But Chevy is a steady hand in this movie. He's him and him and uh, yeah. D'Angelo's uh, just their whole um, chemistry is is great. It, you know, I always thought it was great in Christmas Vacation, but this is their first movie actually together as as Clark and uh, Ellen. Yeah, Ellen. Um, Clark and Ellen. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, she puts up with his shit, you know, to a point, and then sometimes like Clark, you're being an idiot, basically. Like she, yeah, yeah very good. Yeah, it, it is kind of funny how you know, in in all of these movies, he's like on this different plane of reality. That and I get it's supposed to be this like he he wants to be the ward cleaver yeah. or the I'm just gonna keep everything like a uh, uh, Norman Rockwell painting yeah. in in my life and I want everybody so I have, and that's that's a great thing you know as a as a dad because I'm not that kind of dad I'm just like a fucking mess right. but he's a, he's a delusional <laughs> family man for sure yeah right which is great I wish I had that sort of uh, stick-to-itiveness or, or yeah. stamina to... like they get keep my family she's together. mad when he but... swears around the kids and I'm like Jesus, how many? How often do I swear around the kids and I don't get yelled at for it? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And those kids are teenagers. Yeah, exactly. You know, my kids are barely right. <laughs> All right. National Lampoon's Vacation made eight point three million dollars on its opening weekend. It went on to gross sixty plus million. It works out to something like one hundred and seventy eight mm. in today's dollars. It's pretty great. Uh, that was the number one movie of the weekend for uh, July 29th, 1983. Peter, what do you think number two was at the box office? All right, so we're in mid-July. Is Return of the Jedi still... My guess is going to be Return it's of the... still in here, but it's not... Not number, number two? Okay. Um, <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, it is a movie we've done. It's a movie we've done... Can you give me? It's in its second week of release. Okay, it dropped forty-six so... percent this weekend. Uh, Jaws three. You are correct. All right. It is at seven point two million dollars. It uh, is now at twenty-seven point five wow. total after two weeks. Not a bad, uh, not a bad hold. Nope. All right. What do you think number three is? Mm, is it a movie we've done? Yes. Uh, is it Star Wars: Return of the Jedi? It All is. right. It's in its tenth week of release. Wow. It made five point six million this week. It is up to two hundred and one point <sighs> four million dollars. Wow. And we've said this before, but this is a movie that sort of only it opened to like twenty million. It's twenty, yeah, exactly. Really. But it's been yep. been chugging along for what did I say, ten weeks? I know now? I saw it at least yep, Yeah, I know I saw it at least twice in, in in its initial run with my family. Um during that summer so i think there was a lot of word of mouth yeah. and a lot of just bored parents parents trying to do something to entertain well them. i also 
I don't think movies hit as hard on opening weekend and then like peter out as fast as they do nowadays. I think it was more of a steady like, ah, we'll get to it the next weekend or sure. two weekends or or whatever. There wasn't that same, uh, you know, the movie makes half of its right profits in the first weekend the way it does now. But all right, number uh, four. four, you probably are not gonna get. Yes, four. Is it a movie um, we've done? This is it's. Nope, this is its first week. We did not do it. I think it was in contention for uh, this week with uh, vacation and private school, but uh, so it's not private school. I already gave that away. Uh, oh, this is a release this week it, or second week? Did you say? Yep. Okay. Oh, this is nope. It's this week. We just didn't do it this week. Uh we talked about it a little bit. I have a guess. I think it's like a like a sci-fi yeah. action thing. I don't really know. I've never. Is seen it crawl? It. It is, is it really crawl. okay? What do you know about crawl? Um, my I what know I know crawl about is. crawl is that when I used to buy comic books as a child, <laughs> probably around this same summer, there was constantly ads for crawl in the uh, in the middle of the comic books. So, so is this like a uh, Conan was a big hit? Let's do another yeah. thing like that. From what I know, I've like never crawl. seen it. Yeah, I've never seen it, but yeah, it's it's you know muscle bound guy and probably yeah. a tanya roberts or someone like her uh blonde chick as the love interest and he probably beats up a bunch of guys ken marshall was set anthony uh liam neeson's in it as wow. keegan Lindsay kraus has a cameo as princess lisa l-y-s-s-a lisa okay uh directed by peter yates that name sounds familiar. Music by James Horner. Yeah, I I don't know. I've never seen it, but I remember being on TV and stuff. I just never watched it. Yeah, once you said sci-fi and then uh, it came out, this that's how I guessed Crawl. I remember us talking about it. I doing... think that's what it is. I don't even know. I think it's one of those sort of Conan, like dystopian, yeah. like fucked up future type. What's the things, whatever. What's the name of the lead guy? It's, uh, was it Steven? No, what's his name? Um, Ken Marshall. Is it Ken Marshall? It's Ken Marshall, Lizette Anthony, Freddie Jones, Francesca Annis. I mean, Ken Marshall has no real. <laughs> I'm looking at it. I'm like, uh, where do I know this fucker from? He's 73 years old, still alive. Yeah. I don't know. Like, acting credits. He was not in V. All the West was 179. Yeah. He's also in Journey to Crawl. As himself slash Cole. That happened in the same year. It looks like it's just a documentary, but probably making of or whatever. He's in Feds. Feds. I remember that that uh, movie. Two Bay episodes Watch. of Hunter. Nice. Hunter. Yeah. yeah. Quantum Leap. The Commish. Yeah. Silk Stockings. All right. Whatever. All right. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> Number five. I think fucking. Yeah, fuck crawl. <laughs> Number five is in the second week of release. We did not do this one on the podcast either, although we talked about it. It has dropped 42% this week. Uh, It has a major uh, actor-director combo, and we may have just talked about it recently. Son of a bitch. I feel like I... Like 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 today. today, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, we talked about Landis. It's not on this podcast. You and I just talked about it today. Oh, shit. Um, on Messenger. Yes. Uh, still, uh, is it Rhinestone? No, Staying Alive. 
Yeah, That's sorry, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. No, you don't have to be sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Second week of release. Well, actually, it's its third week, I guess. Uh, it was number two last week, so. That movie's a tough um, watch. <laughs> it's at 5.2 million this weekend. It's up to 38.5 uh, total. Yeah. I don't know. I think this movie like hangs around a while and makes a lot of money, but. Uh, yeah, I have not seen it. I was not a big Saturday Night Fever guy. I'm not even sure I sat down and watched that whole thing. Like, none, none, none of these movies have anything to do with me and my life. Like, right. I don't give a shit. Like, I'm not a, I'm not a New York fucking disco, <laughs> disco guy. guy. Right. Yeah. And nor a big Frank uh, Stallone fan. Yeah. I mean, I like Stallone. Yeah. And I'll generally watch whatever he does, but it's just for whatever reason, I've never been moved to see Staying Alive. And we probably should have done it for this podcast because that's the whole reason for it. But <laughs> right. Well, maybe we can go back and do Crawl and Staying Alive someday. Sure. Call it a bonus episode. All right, Peter. Number six is uh, probably the best movie of the year with uh, boobs, and that's about it. Uh, private School. New York. Is... Four point four million dollars. <laughs> I was yeah. joking. Nice. Oh, serious. Nice. I don't know. I didn't know what other hint to give you. I, I know. I could have said Matthew Modine's right. best performance. But... Uh, what did it open to? Number point four. Okay, that's a pretty. Four point four. That's a pretty good opening weekend for that movie. Yeah, I think it goes on to make uh, you know fifteen, so that's a, a forty plus million dollar movie in today's dollars yep. to be considered a hit. Number seven, Peter, is a movie we did a while back. It's in its eighth week of release, still chugging along. Made three point three point something. Three point. It made three point zero four three. Okay. It made three million dollars this weekend, Peter. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a movie we did a. It's at sixty four point two. Sixty four is pretty good. Uh... So we're we're two months ago. What do you what do you think we did two months ago? I'm gonna. Oh, two months ago, I was gonna say War Games, but we've talked about we've talked about the writer director. Well, writer and they're not the same during this. Uh, yeah, trading places. Yeah, just think back. To, it's trading. Places. All right, it's very good. <laughs> right. Uh, number eight is a movie called Class. I'm not 100 percent sure what that is. It's up to 10 million dollars after two weeks in release. Made 2.95 this weekend. Number nine is a Disney classic re-release. Oh, like a cartoon that they re-released? Yeah. Made 2.1 this weekend. It's down 50% from the weekend before. Uh, It's at $20 million. I don't know if that's its whole take since the... I don't know. Since it's original, yeah. I guess in the 50s, yeah. Well, what is it, like Cinderella or one of them? Yeah, you're in the ballpark. Peter Pan, they did in 89. I remember seeing Snow White in like 87, 88. Uh, Got it. Let me stop you. It's Snow White. Is it really? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, maybe they re-released it again. So not 87, 88. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe you got it on video or something. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Yep. Snow White, Seven Dwarfs. Number 10 is a movie we did that does not have a monkey in it. Um, it's in its <laughs> ninth week of release. <laughs> is that War Games? million dollars at this point. It's War Games. <laughs> Number 11 is uh, one of the 
the more fucked up titles of all time. We did this movie on the podcast. Surprised it got a pass. Um, oh. $54 million at this point. $54 million at this point. And we're surprised it got a yeah, pass. Yeah, uh, eight weeks of release. It was at number eight last week. Oh. 1.7 this weekend. I have no idea. It's Octopussy. Oh, all right. Yeah, you know. I'm just saying I don't think that title. <laughs> yeah, that is a that is a. <laughs> Number twelve is a movie that kept popping up on this podcast. Uh, and no, it's not E.T. or Mister or uh, 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 fucking what's the name of that? Tootsie. Um, yeah. If it's not E.T. or not Tootsie, that. but it's something of that ilk. Yeah, keeps. Yeah, well. Not quite to that level, but every time you like guess some movie, this is actually like in your way. It's in uh, it's in its sixteenth week of release. It's really, at sixty eight million dollars. I really want to say it was number ten last gentlemen. week. It's, it's not. It's stop not. saying that. That movie is long gone. That was a year ago. <laughs> uh, who who are? Can you give me one? Think, Think of it. Think of no. Think of a popular movie from 1983 that was like you know just hanging around the whole time. Like, uh, it it probably came out in. I mean, well, what did I say this was? Would you say tenth week or sixteenth? Yeah, so something we did in like so February, March. Yeah. Uh, We didn't do it. We didn't do it. Oh, we didn't do it. Podcast. We skipped over it. But it's constantly in the. It was like number one for a long time where you're guessing other stuff. I think it was number one ahead of like. Blue Thunder, or maybe Blue Thunder was number one. Is it Terms of Endearment? Then it, no. Shit. So, all right. So I need to stop guessing Deborah Winger movies is basically what it comes down to. Well, there is a female lead. And we didn't do the movie. Uh, I give up. What is it? We didn't do it. It's Flashdance. Son of a bitch. God, I'm so... Normally, yeah. like any other week, you'd have guessed this. Yeah, over, like, I have guessed it. Weeks. Yeah. You're like, no, Peter, it's non flesh <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. All right. Number 13 is a major... Uh, it's, a, it's a sequel to a major blockbuster, a major American icon. Um, we didn't do it for the podcast. We skipped over it. Uh, uh, I'm starting to realize how many fucking movies we skipped over for this podcast. Airplane too. But it's in its uh, seventh week of release. It was number nine last week. It's dropped to thirteen uh, or whatever. Thirteen this yeah. week. One point two million this week. Uh, it's at fifty eight point four million dollars. Uh, still a hit, I guess. But um, and I'm sorry, what the, week uh, did you say? Returns compared to. It is in week number 16. No, sorry, that's a flash dance. It's in week number seven. And we didn't. Number do nine it. last week, number 13 this week. 58.4. We didn't do it. We probably should have. We probably should have done this. We probably shouldn't flash dance. Well, we got bonus um, episodes then. Um, probably should have done staying alive. Yeah. <laughs> we could do a flash dance and staying alive. It could be a whole. Dance genre. If if this was the year 2023, it'd be one of probably five movies in this genre in the top 13 at this point. Instead, it's the only one here. Oh, oh. Uh, think about popular movies com- now. That comic books or something dominate. 
Yeah, and now think of what would have come out. Yeah, uh, is it a Superman? No. No. We never did. Uh, not a Superman. Not a Hulk. I didn't say that. You didn't say <laughs> Is it Superman? It's Superman right. 3, man. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. All right. All right, number 14 is a movie we have done. It's in its second week of release. Jesus Christ, it's all the way down. Number. I, I think this movie had another fucking uh, release at some point. And I think we talked about that, too, on the episode, because it, it didn't open high, and it's dropped very low, and I think it you said it's in its second week somewhere else. So is it Mr. Mom? It is, yeah, only in its second week. It's Mr. Mom. What the fuck? How the, <laughs> how the hell did yeah. it... Okay. I'm trying to figure out in my head yeah. how that... Put your... Put your mic close to your face. You're very far away all of a sudden. Sorry, how's that? Yeah, there. Okay, right there. sorry about that. Uh, yeah, how the? I, I think I think we discussed this that it it had a weird like uh, small opening and then it went wider at some other point and and that's where it made more of its money. Right now it's only up to two point four seven five after two weeks, but I think this movie made in the fifties or something, so it definitely had more uh, more to go. I, I think it opened up higher somewhere else. Anyway, number 15 is uh, probably the worst movie we've reviewed on this podcast. It was number 11 last week. It's in six weeks of release. It's up to $30.3 million. I think it goes on to grow somewhere around like 37. That being uh, Porky's 2? Yeah, a real piece of shit. What, what did it make that weekend in July of 83? Uh, $883,000. Okay. Wow. <laughs> So I wonder what like the 15th ranked movie now would make because theaters are probably similar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It probably wasn't much more, but all right, I got two more for you just because we've done them on the podcast. Uh, number 16 is a uh, anthology. Twilight. Uh, it's been out six. Twilight weeks. Zone. All yep. right. Yep. Yep. 28, 28.486 million. It made. Oh well, it was only twenty nine point five million. Um, adjusted for inflation, it gets up to eighty five. So, oh wow, not not terrible. All right, uh, last one here, number seventeen, a movie we did on the podcast. This was fourteen weeks ago. It is up to fourteen point nine six five million dollars. It made uh two hundred five thousand dollars this weekend. <laughs> Jesus. Um, it's a comedy. It's kind of it's fairly obnoxious. It's got maybe a star-making turn from the lead actor. Um, hmm. Neither one of us liked it very much, although we admired some of the stuff in it. Uh, uh, anything else I'm just gonna say is gonna give it away, but star-making turn. Um, wait, there was a comedy we did earlier this year. No. Uh, the lead actor goes yeah. on to become super famous. Was it Valley Girl? Valley Is it really? Yep. <laughs> I was the only, I was yep. thinking Nicolas Good Cage. Job. I was like, that's that's the one I could think yep. of. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Still hanging in there at fifteen. So, All right. What it was, but yeah, it was a it was a huge return on investment. You know, like a lot of these movies are. So. Well, I did better than I thought I would. Anyway. These, are, these are always my, I get nervous during these trivia. Well, we during can always trivia, I get a little I can, nervous. I can do it. You just got to kind of try to think about yeah. what we've already talked about because we're in kind of a zone where we're covering the big ones right now. And then 
yeah i tapped out before the last three which are three movies we've never talked about or heard of or, or did anything with so. anyway i think we gave vacation maybe a little short shift on this episode but you know it, it's a it's a good movie and it's it's kind of as good as you remember it and maybe some parts are even funnier and yep. chase is i think an underrated comedian and and if you look at some of his monologue scenes where he's either freaking out or or just trying to sell the family on on how fun things are and whatnot it's it's a it's a solid film worth yep. watching they did watching yeah they did a good job good with cast. yeah the casting was was very good and the kids were the kids were really good i I kind of remember the kids from European Vacation, and I know Ethan Embry, and I don't remember the girl's name, but the, you know, the the Russ and Audrey, <laughs> again. Yeah, the, the way they keep changing yeah. is, is pretty yeah. funny. I thought that was, I yeah. thought that was funny. I, you know, I I liked, um, you know, uh, Johnny Galecki, yeah, Johnny Galecki and Juliet Lewis in Christmas Vacation, they were Right. Yeah, these two these two are just as good, just as funny, and Anthony Michael Hall is a an obvious kind of star in the making, at least for that time period. He he had a good six year run of movies or whatever, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, all these movies have pretty solid kids that went on to do yeah. stuff. You know, Juliet Lewis and uh, like you said, Galecki. And, yeah. Uh, who's the Ethan? Oh Emery yeah, Ethan Embry. Yeah. He was also in so. Dutch, by the way. <laughs> yeah, and uh, can't hardly wait. Can't hardly wait. And my wife tried to show me Empire Records, and I couldn't stand him in that movie. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a bit of yeah. <laughs> well, there's Liv Tyler and Renee Zell. Zell, yeah, Zellweger, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> I was just doing the Chappelle show. <laughs> I like that. All right, Peter, this is somehow one of our longest episodes. We're we're at two forty here, but keep in mind there's another like forty minutes of shit before we like had to stop. Sure, and, like, we yeah. Over, so. It'll it'll blend yeah. seamlessly so, into. It'll a... be fine for the guy who edits this <laughs> yeah. shit. Yeah, and I, once again, I appreciate your work. <laughs> I'm still working on last week. <laughs> I was gonna God say, you still got another week for this. <laughs> I appreciate your work. Next week oh, we man. have. Uh, we have risky business and Cujo. Does that sound right? Oh yeah. There's stuff about Cujo that makes me super uncomfortable. So I'm I'm excited to talk about that. Really? When's the last time you've seen it? Not since I was about fourteen or so. Okay. I watched it a couple of years ago with Olivia. Yeah. So um, you know, I'm I'm a little well versed in it, but sure, whatever. We can we can yeah. Bring... All right. Uh, so listeners, please remember to rate, like, subscribe, uh, run out into the street and, uh, shoot fucking, I, I don't know. I didn't have anything ready to go. I got, I really got to start thinking about these ahead of time. <laughs> um, I got one for next week. Uh, but this week I don't, why next I don't week? know. Use it now. I, I do you want me to use it now? What? <laughs> but, uh, do you want to use it? Sh- uh, sure. Uh, County fairs. Okay, you do okay. it. You you run out. The, right. the next... I'm not trying so to steal your thunder, <laughs> listeners. No, I I don't want the thunder. Okay. Fuck, I would kill this animal. Fuck the thunder, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> rate, rate, like, and subscribe. And if you are at a that's the main church thing. festival this weekend, and one of your favorite bands is playing, mm-hmm. 
you know, usually in those beer tents, you go up on stage and you say, everybody, Uh I need you guys to listen to the big four Oh with Ron and Peter. It's found on wherever podcasts are found. Your better podcasts are found. Not on some bullshit. Testify. Yeah. Testify, please. And, uh, and, uh, we thank you for that. Do that, please. We will not pay for your disorderly conduct ticket, but we will thank you at some future episode. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think you're going to get a disorderly conduct ticket. Like, it's a, it's a place where you're... Yeah, just, you might just get kicked out. Exactly. Praise. Praise be. I mean... Yeah. Praise be, <laughs> Praise be. to the... <laughs> to the big four-o. Exactly. <laughs> Jesus was 40 once. Actually, no, he wasn't. Never mind. I think he was 33, but... Fuck. <laughs> when we... Stay tuned for right. After Hours. God damn it. The big 3-3. Wait, now I just made it worse. You can't say God damn it. After you... After talking about Jesus. Yeah. yeah. That's all right. We'll tr- We're in a lot of trouble for this episode. Between recommending a movie to people that's just literally <laughs> features sexual assault, fucking, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of borderline rapes, yeah. and now we're going off on on Jesus himself. <laughs> we'll bring it back in right here. Join us next week. I didn't mean anything by it. I yeah. assume Jesus had a good sense of humor. Like, if we could get him on the podcast, yeah. he'd probably be like. Listen, I've been messaging him. This movie is not funny at all. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Me too. I message him every night. (laughs) Next week, join us for Cujo and Risky Business. Yeah. Special guest Jesus. Special guest Jesus. Hashtag Jesus. Wait, how does that go? Got it. It's it's from Uptown Funk. How's that line? Oh, go? Uh, it is hashtag. Hashtag bless. Got hashtag bless. Hashtag bless. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> what what's the first line? Something about Jesus. And then he says hashtag blessed, right? Yeah, yeah. right. I know. What's the what's Fuck the line? I, know. I don't. Know. Oh, yeah, I'm no good for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's been nine years. I don't. I am. I'm bad at it. Is that how long ago that movie came out? I'll, t- I'll tell you a funny movie song. I'll tell you a funny story. I remember hearing that song for the first time at work, and I was like, what is this? And it was we were listening to one of those like you know Pandora or Spotify yeah. channels that I thought was just playing a song from the 70s I never heard. So was, this song is great. And I got home, and I Googled it, and I'm like, oh, Uptown Funk. It's like a new song. I'm like, okay, cool. Let me download this. And I listened to it and listened to it. And then it was just everywhere, and I was just like, oh, I fucking hate this song. Uh, and... And now I, I literally, this song that I really liked and thought was this great throwback or whatever, I just can't listen to. And <laughs> we got to gotta send me to Jesus. Hashtag plus. How does that line go? What the? You look it up. Put it on Jesus. You you look it up while, yeah. I, while I say this real quick. When we were at Summerfest, we kind of discussed yeah, we, this in terms of you want. You want your R&B sometimes to have some horns, to have some punch, to have some of that old school soul. But then at the same time, they get bogged down into the into being labeled a retro act, which is what Josh Stone and which is what Leon Bridges and right. Bruno Mars for a bit. And there's there's white acts like uh, Nathaniel Rateliff that get bogged down in the same thing where like, oh, they're great, but they don't they don't put out any sort of new sound like well 
fuck, man, where can, right. you can't win sometimes. Well, Bruno Mars at least has the, um, uh, uh, I, I don't know what you want to call it, like stage presence yes. and, and whatever of like a... Oh, he's like a, a James Brown. Yeah. He, he's he, like a he, Prince he, James yeah, Brown. Sing like a motherfucker. Yeah. I don't want to say yeah. Prince because Prince could right. play the guitar like a motherfucker, but... Yeah, I mean nobody is nobody's you know, Prince, like Prince or even James Brown. Or like everybody's their own yeah. like person, you know, including Bruno Mars. Like he does his own thing. But if all you're going to do is make a a living off of just essentially aping some bygone era style, like I don't care how talented you are, or how good you can sing, or, or whatever it is. It's it's a hard it's a hard. I'm in the middle of trying to make this point and then also find this goddamn lyric. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I, no, I totally get uh, what you're saying because that's been a conundrum of mine for many years with some of the acts that I like. Like, oh, you should listen to this. Well, if you're going to listen to this, why don't you just listen to the fucking Temptations in 1964? Yeah, and I, I get how like it's updated the sound and maybe it's a little more exciting to listen to this. But uh, yeah, at the same time, what like what are these guys really doing except just singing shit yep. that sounds like some other yep. shit and for like a new audience. Yeah. Uh, I really can't find <laughs> this. Like, why is this? You think either the word Jesus would jump out at me or hashtag blessed because that's not really a... Did you look up lyrics by up for Uptown Funk? Yeah, I'm literally reading these <laughs> lyrics and I just, I'm going straight over it. This hit, that ice cold, Michelle Pfeiffer, that white gold. This one's for them hood girls, them good girls, straight masterpieces. Nah. Styling, wiling, living it up in the city. city. Got Chuck Chucks around. on with St. Laurent. Gotta kiss myself. Too I'm pretty. So pretty. Too hot. God damn. damn. <laughs> Call the police the fire, and the fire, man. Man. Too hot. Uh, I don't see any of the Jesus in there. Okay. <laughs> I looked through the whole... Stop. Wait a minute. Fill my cup. Am I thinking of a different song? Maybe it's like one of his other songs. Maybe it's like, uh, you know, 24 karat diamonds Hashtag in the air or whatever. Oh, yeah. That's the other one. I'm a dangerous man with some money in my pocket. Keep up. It's 24. Too many pretty girls yeah. around me, and they're waking up the rocket. Keep... Yeah, 24 karat. Yep. Yeah. So how does that, what's the line in that? Uh, it got me like Jesus. Has to... I'm looking, I'm looking. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to cut this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's going to want to hear this part. <laughs> Yeah, we too fresh, got to blame it on Jesus. Hashtag blessed, they ain't ready for me. Uh, yeah. I'm a dangerous man with some money in my pocket. Keep up. Yeah. <laughs> too many girls around me waking up the rocket. Keep up. Fix your face. Yeah, 24 karat. That song's pretty much as good as uh, Uptown Funk. Shout yeah. out Bruno Mars. Oh, yeah, I agree, and not nearly as over. <laughs> yeah. 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 I would love to see him oh, live. Why we wasted a half hour trying to figure <laughs> out. Uh, yeah. I don't know, man. I feel like it, like as much as I would kind of like to see that, I also feel like it'd be obnoxious. Cause you're, that's one of those things where I'm like, I like to go see that guy, but then you're also like, I'm not like a super fan. So you're going to be around all these people who are just like, I'm just uh -huh. like I'm just see <laughs> dance and sing the four songs I care about. You know, I, I don't belong it. Like, I don't want people at concerts. I like who only know, you know, four oh, I know what you mean. Just wanna <laughs> yeah. Your hashtag bless or whatever. So I don't, I don't need to go to see that guy. <laughs> I know what you mean, man. Like you're, yeah. you're glad that they're. And getting... also, tickets are expensive these days. Yeah. Like I don't. Yeah, I can't. I can't justify going to a concert just for the hell of it anymore because it's just too expensive. And, you well, know, you saw me before Imagine Dragons. That was. Uh... 
I kind of just enjoyed the the vibes and the weather. The weather was fucking gorgeous. So we can uh, edit pretty much <laughs> all this. Who would have thought that private school and vacation? <laughs> we barely even talked about vacation. We're the worst podcasters of all time. We're just like we're talking about like everything. <laughs> around vacation here's what i think was the problem ron i think there yeah. was a lot I to say notes about vacation. well no i think there was a lot to say about private school and it kind of just the conversation was very free-flowing and the next thing you know it's fucking 8 30 and you're like jesus and plus we had had like you know we we talked a little bit at I, here's what i think the problem is peter and for you're high i'm drunk and by the time we were two and a half hours into this trying to talk about vacation we we're just like yeah fuck it That's please right. rate like and subscribe yeah rate review and subscribe we gave you private school more credence than than vacation essentially but at the same time, there was more to say. Yeah, about Vacation's it. like the better movie. I'm really not sure why we <laughs> right. didn't have more to say about Vacation in private school. But right. that being said, that goes to show what private school's deal is, where it's kind of like, uh, this is kind of a shitty movie, but it, it's more interesting because it's kind of a shittier movie. Whereas Vacation is kind of this classic and, and yep. whatever, and maybe it doesn't hold up or it does or whatever, but it it it's much more middle of the road and, and yeah. uh, 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 there's not there's just not as much interesting I guess to say about it people have seen it they know what to expect um, it's got this reputation um, we can talk about who either holds up to that or doesn't or or whatever but it's it's not this like big swing movie whereas private school is just a whole <laughs> different crazy yes it is animal yes it I is don't know. I mean Jesus all right well, listen, Peter, uh, you have a good night. And, you as well, uh, sir. We'll uh, wake up early and yeah. see what I can do with this. <laughs> we'll, uh, uh, did we ever figure out what, what are what are people doing to try to... Oh, they're going to go on stage at a, at a Christian... Yeah. <laughs> any sort of church fair or any sort of these, like, these county festivals, your Washington County Fair. Go up on stage, dude. Sure, There's sure. There is a thousand people in those tents. You get up and say, yeah, yeah. just say you want to testify, <laughs> and then you, you can be like, yeah. listen to Ron, Ron and Peter. Watch the big four. Ron and Peter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Testify. Yeah, and people will be like, yeah. oh, bring you'll it, hear a like murmur a in the crowd. Yeah, exactly. You will hear the murmur in the crowd, and you will see people. Oh instantly. man, speaking of this, just. Just wait till you see uh, Fletch uh, uh, lives or whatever the sequel is called. I think okay. He goes to some southern town and pulls some of those shenanigans. Oh, jeez. So now we've come full circle back to Chevy Chase. <laughs> Chevy I, I Chase. Know, dude, I can't remember what movie it is. Yeah. It's one of them, There's too. also a Harley line about Milwaukee in, in there. Is there? He he <laughs> pretends to be the, the owner or inventor of Harley Davidson in some like southern town with a bunch of rednecks who are gonna like beat his ass or whatever and does he say he's on his way to Milwaukee or something? Yeah, he said they're like, Where are you from? And he's like, uh Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And they're like, Oh shit. Yeah. You know. <laughs> because they're Harley guys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I get it. Yeah, no, I get it. I'm just saying they they name drop Milwaukee. <laughs> 
We gotta go. <laughs> Ron, love you. I'll see you next Tuesday. I'll be more sober. <laughs> uh, yeah. Make... Dude, we're at three hours right now, plus that whole first half hour. This is nuts. Yeah. This is crazy for these two movies. Last week, we were only on for like an hour and a half. Hour and well, a half. I don't know what to do with this. My family yeah, couldn't that, believe that I episode, was... by the way, I've already cut out. I've cut out like a half hour of it. So that thing's going to be like an hour and eight minutes. That's long fine. Thing. And... That's yeah, fine. That but... is fine. This one. <laughs> <laughs> this one, I'm sorry about. I yeah. thought we had. I mean. All right, yeah, dude. We're fine. What? Ron. No, nothing. No. <laughs> No, what did you think? No, Aaron, don't don't feel like you gotta close it down now. We've Aaron Gomon. All right. What? Um <laughs> Okay. We'll say goodbye. Yeah. Ron, love you, brother. I'll like talk to, to that to me, like to our like, Oh. Listeners, I love you, brothers and sisters. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you brothers next week. And Cujo and risky All business. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, can't wait. All right, Peter, you have a good night. Yeah, you too, brother. Listeners, I'll... you have a good night. Uh don't forget to go to your church festival and uh, you know, send it to Jesus hashtag big four. Oh, yep. ready for you. I'm a dangerous man. <laughs>